0: We are back with another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast and potentially, Boxhead, after the weekend's round, the top eight may be locked in the earliest we've ever seen.
1: Well, it's 90% locked in. Origin's over and we've got nine rounds to get through. So maybe a, uh, a difficult couple of months coming up to try and get through before the finals. Yeah,
0: well, obviously we had the Tigers and the Raiders in both what I felt were similar performances where I thought they were in control for the majority of the game but just couldn't get the job done. In the Raiders' case, completely dominated the first half all downhill. Left a couple of points on the table, but in the second half, that left edge again, absolutely terrible. couple of errors inside their own half, and they just could not defend their own errors. And In all honesty, I, I literally felt they were in control for that for 60, 65 minutes. And then on the Tigers side of things, there's no discredit to the Titans, but with the new spine in place, some good football, some loose football, nine line breaks, they came up with two tries, and they just could not settle
1: down. Yeah, how how two. many line breaks did the Titans come up with? Just uh, as many. I Some think I, I think soft goal line defense, to be honest. From who? From the Tigers. The few times yeah. I let them crash in was quite poor. I think cool. the Titans dominated that second half. So I thought the Tigers probably had the better of the first half, um, but I thought the Titans were all over in second half and I think probably could have put a few more points on, um, if not for a few things that, that I thought went the Tigers' way. So I, I was at that game live and they were terrible. For a packed house at Leichhardt, um, yeah, they they were very, very ordinary. Yeah, 60% of the possession went the Titans way in the second half.
0: I felt they did a much better job. Only,
1: in, they only had one incomplete set second half, the Titans.
0: In particular, with the ball, did a much better job. And they built pressure, which is one thing the Tigers couldn't do. For all the line breaks, they were making errors play one yeah, too. Yeah, like you make
1: line breaks and you throw the ball out your ass. Yeah, so. straightforward. So I
0: felt uh, both those two were the, the Camber's, last ones. Canberra's right edge D's been terrible all year. It's so. been terrible for three years. Been terrible when they were good that year. They won the cup, almost so, got and, to the grand final.
1: You know, it's coaching's got to be to blame now because it's it's been like that forever. So the Tigers sort of exposed it a little bit in that last game at Campbelltown, but um, they threw that game away as well. Um, no, for me, it's it's the Raiders, and I don't think anyone below the Raiders can make a run at the finals. I mean, the Titans can't, the Tigers can't, the Raiders are the team that I look at and go, they could go on a run, but they're now relying on streaking through a lot of games, and they're going to rely on teams losing games, so for me, there's not much excitement in that at all.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the set of six, as we always do, to start things off, and that is brought to you by the Nepean Boltmaster. They are on Facebook, and uh, you can obviously get in contact with Was and the boys, or look at their website, www.nepbolt.com.au. Nepean Boltmaster is a complete fastening system supply with their main office located at Penrith, and they have another one out there in Seven Hills, but Besides that, they boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. There is a lot more to the Boltmaster, though, than just fasteners. You will also find industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials and handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware. The Bolt Boltmaster provides total needs sourcing packages for all trades associated with the construction, engineering, and associated industry segments, www.nepbolt.com.au. wasn't the boys there at the Boltmaster. If you're a tradie like myself, you can get all the bits and pieces that you need. But tackle one, the Queensland team. Uh, Obviously, the series being over, but some changes made. We talked last week about some changes. I was kind of thinking that it was time for them to finally move off probably Cooper, and I thought Wallace had a poor showing and wasn't a bench player. They've chose to stick with both of those guys, but Ben Hunt has been reverted to the utility role on the bench. Now that Ponga is out, uh, Gagai slides into the centres with Inglis being injured. NARPA's 18th man due to that leg injury to go with his ankle injury now, with his knee, after the weekend. And Daly Cherry Evans has been brought into the 7 jersey, which, to be honest, from what I said last week, Hunt or Cherry Evans, I would have preferred to see Hunt... Uh, sorry, Ash Taylor to go on the team before Daly Cherry Evans at this point mm-hmm. in time, There's given
1: been. all of... one what- form, Ben Hunt deserves to play all three games. Ben Hunt wasn't to blame... Uh, for game one, he wasn't to blame for game two. He obviously had a few plays that went wrong. How yeah, about Will Chambers' efforts
0: in both the two games? Will right?
1: Chambers well. was the worst player on the field. In both games? In, yeah. In close, the second game, he put point.
0: three or four kicks dead and was all over the place.
1: So Gavin Cooper wasn't far behind. I did not think he had a great game in either of them. Jared Wallace had little impact. So to bring Cherry Evans back in, to me, he's, it just it's a head-scratcher because he's not playing well at club level. He's been playing... Ten times better than this before, and they haven't brought him in. No. Nah. So I, I don't get it. I I don't have a high opinion of him any, anyway. I, like after what he did to the Gold Coast. So That's half my point. All these murmurs coming out of Manly, the Jackson Hastings situation, the fact that he threw Trent Barrett under the bus this year as well. I just, when, you know, wherever he sort of goes, the bad things happen. And When you question
0: character again, though, half the reasons we're told he wasn't picked previously or all the murmurs that everyone kind of knows out there is the senior group weren't a fan of him, and the individual is. But now they've all moved on. Mm-hmm. They've brought him straight back into the fray, so
1: it's a, it's a horrendous decision. And he, it's, it's, it's absolutely own... it's not building any confidence in Ben Hunt at all. No, and he hasn't even been given the keys to the side, anyway. No.
0: Well, the other thing about it is they come out, and uh, I, I think Charlie Cherry Evans, of all people, said it in his press conference today. I'm not Cooper Cronk. Ben Hunt's not Cooper Cronk, and for the fact that people are thinking that way after the first two games, uh, you know, it's just really surprising and. This is the thing that has happened in a short space of time when we see these cracks appearing in the Queensland wall and the selectors and the whole attitude. They've just had possibly the best spine we've ever seen. And within two games and losing a series, they were very close to winning both games, have already flipped on the halfback, who's the form halfback, if not one of the form halfbacks in the comp. Yes, he struggled probably the last month or so because he's had an injury and he's been obviously a bit worn out. But they're on top of the table. He's playing outstanding football. And moving forward, I think multiple people would agree that that's their better spine, unless Michael Morgan was in the form he was in last year. Then you put Hunt to that utility role, I could understand. But Cherry Evans over
1: Hunt right now, it makes no sense to me. Me either. I don't
0: get it. Gavin Cooper, I uh, don't agree with that one. I agree that... Yeah, we've been over that one. Arrow. We've said that
1: all, every three, like all three yeah. games we said that.
0: I agree with Arrow moving into the starting side. Well, I agree with him going in the front row. Oh, it's basically
1: It's stupid.
0: It's ridiculous. the same Not in origin. Maguire should be the front yeah, row. Yeah, he should be the lock. Offhand Gowie, how he didn't get in I don't know Glazby back and does a surprise me and
1: the fact that Kevin Walters came out in the press conference after Origin 2 and guaranteed Ben spot uh, Ben Honey spot so yeah. then Kevin Walters comes out yesterday and gets on the defensive and you know all these people on everyone's social media, media and everyone's yeah. like you're the goose that said it well, i say you what, he now look like a clown because you said it and then went and reneged on it. If so he, if he wants to be in he's NRL, he's out of his depth, Kevin Walters, massively out of his
0: depth. If he wants to be an NRL coach, and I don't think he should be anyway. Oh, please, he needs to get a lot thicker skin because for a three-game series, he bites in on everything. He's been snappy with the media. He's withdrawn yeah. players. If he can't handle this in three games when things are going a little bit rough and there's a couple of injuries, how the hell are you going to deal with twenty-four-seven screws? Yeah.
1: So take the good with the bad, mate. Yeah. yeah. And in the end, people are only making comment based on stupid comments that you make yeah. and have now backflipped on. So how about you just shut up in the press conference, say as little as possible, and then go away and review it and then make some decisions and statements about who was good and who was bad and who you're going to select. And in the end, for me as a coach, it's not it's not my job to tell the media who is and who isn't going to be in the next game. Mm. Until I've reviewed it thoroughly, I don't then think I need to get on to social media or report to anyone who I yeah. thought had a good or bad game. I'll wait Watch them go back to club, follow how they go there, and then make some decisions based also on who who I know is fit.
0: Well, he needs to. David uh, English now stay go down. A media, now the a now down. Of it. Just if that's where he's spending his time, or he's letting that bite into his skin. <laughs> yeah, we all know plenty. Like I said, if you're reading all the social media stuff, you've got problems, especially in a role that he's in. He needs to direct his attention elsewhere. Well, if
1: people are the biggest platform they've got is social media, then it probably tells you a little bit about where they are in life. If they had a bigger platform, they wouldn't need to be on there. Hmm.
0: Well, I look at this now and I thought, game three, they're going to throw the absolute kitchen sink at us. But losing English, who I think, has been their best player in the series, Ponga, who made a great impact off the bench. And Napa, who's been one of the only ones kind of putting a dent into things besides probably Arrow's last 20 minutes which is outstanding. Well, Napa, is Napa eighteenth
1: because he's injured?
0: Because of the knee and the ankle. So
1: why wouldn't you just name both. him at eight and then name someone else Why don't you just
0: drop him and bring off Angowie in and give him a rest if he's busted? The series is over. Why are you going to hurt somebody in risky club season if he's got a knee oh, and look, ankle I think issue.
1: Napa's been their best forward or close to their best forward in the two games.
0: So Arrow's 20 minutes in the last game ago can... was one of the best stints, like probably the most impactful stint I've seen out of any of them. So I can understand the upgrade, it's but not front row. to move into the last game again and not take the chance to blood a couple of guys, I'm very surprised and I'm more confident. Anyway,
1: about... we've spoken too long about
0: Queensland Well we're moving on to New South Wales and this won't take long at all. I said last week that I think Pryor might be given the tap on the shoulder for doing the role that he did. That turned out to be the case. Tarek Sims has handed his debut, he's got more years left in the tank. Uh, I'm happy to say I think he's been the best back row in the competition this season. So he definitely deserves Close, you? this opportunity. Uh, and obviously, Ryan James is there again. Eighth man, if Boyd Corden is ruled out, you'd think that either Crichton or Sims would get the start and James would get his opportunity on the bench. But for New South Wales, other than that, there has been no changes except prior doing that role, which people are blowing up about i seen an article the other day, someone saying like, this is, Absolute hypocrisy. Matt Pryor should be filthy. As if Matt Pryor would be filthy. That at age thirty-one he got an opportunity to play in Origin, start, play a part in a series win. You get thirty k. You get a super bump. Like that's on his resume forever now. He's got. He played at Origin. He won a series. Yeah. Why and would he be filthy? What? On Brad, Brad Fiddler
1: hasn't come out and made public comment on it either. No. That's just smart. Because if he'd come out and made public comment on it, we'd be talking about it more than what we are, and there would have been more media exposure to it. So that in itself is a lesson to Kevin Walters.
0: Yeah, there's guys, even in general, like I said, with more years and in better form than Matt prior at this point in time moving forward into a Game 3. And exactly what I'm saying about a Gavin Cooper. Why give someone like that who came in and did a job for you in a specific situation another game if he's not going to be part of your plan moving forward? Tarek seems to have been kicking the door down. Ryan James's form has been a lot better more recently and he's got a lot more years left in that arena. No, I think
1: it's more that Boyd Corner is 50-50 to play. He, some people are saying he's no chance. Some people are saying he is a chance. Who knows? But... Well, that's not the reason it's an the, Sims easy, the side. It's an easy spot. Well, it is. Pryor's just out of the side, full stop. I get that. I get that. And he's even promoted, next year, he's promoted you to start. Moving
0: forward, looking at he's the big given
1: picture, the guys that have been 18th man
0: a go. I get that. Campbell Gillard will be back. McLean will be back. Pryor's not in the picture at 32. <coughs> no, he's not. Not with those young blokes. Uh, for New South Wales, uh, not a whole lot of change there. The big thing you want to see is just that ruthless streak to finish the job off. I guess we, I, I'd love to see them go out there and really try and stick it to him and not well, get realistically.
1: Caught up they've lost Callum Ponger, who I think was in there handful of their best players for Game 2. Greg Inglis has been He's okay. been the best player. I think. Um, no, I think Billy Slater was their best player last game. But... Yeah, over the series, I mean, uh, Billy's obviously... Yeah, I don't know. He's got a lot of rubbish in his game.
0: Yeah. I think well, Game see. 1, he was head and shoulders above everybody. Rubbish or not, he was their best player by country more. Yeah. So, I, I, I think the well,
1: only... I disagree, but anyway. Yeah, he's, he's certainly in their best five players. I'm not going to argue where he ranks. In the end, they've lost both games and he was a captain. It's a big thing to lose your captain. Um, and he's definitely their best centre, um, considering also the, what we've spoken about, the form of Will Chambers has been terrible. So it's just they're big losses. Yeah, they're massive they're losses. They're big losses. So and New South Wales haven't lost anyone, really.
0: So Billy Slater's final game, though. He's captain. He's moving on. It's up there. We know that's a different beast. So I'm sure they'll turn up uh, and dish out a whole wholehearted effort. I also effort, think but
1: we're a different beast. We are
0: a different team. We haven't
1: played our best footy, I don't I think. I still in, don't in think, think we've even
0: scratched down. the surface.
1: So realistically, I think if we're fair and we should go up there and win 13 plus on a dry track. Okay. If we're serious. Have to
0: wait and see what happens there. But tackle three, set it before, the top eight. Basically done now. Happy to put a pen through the Tigers and the Raiders, given the fact that basically. Take, give or take this buyer, teams have got what, eight or nine games left between them. Most of them probably got eight or seven games left between them. So
1: Canberra's got a pretty good run coming up. They are
0: they're looking, relying on other teams losing. They're looking at Brisbane, basically, who are at nine. Everyone else is on ten. For them, they're going to have to get four just to get to the bottom end of it to get in front of anybody. So you're basically looking at Brisbane, Cronulla, any of these teams that are on ten just ahead of them, and saying they're going to have to go <laughs> four or five losses. Yeah, we, know to know get that, back.
1: we know that Brisbane have won a lot of close games and Canberra have lost a lot of close games. So you, you know that. They could potentially go on a losing streak. Not saying they will, but I, clearly at the moment, Brisbane are a far better side than Canberra because they're winning those close games. Simple as that.
0: It's four wins with eight to go. I don't see it happening. You're you're asking Brisbane to completely roll over and Canberra to knock it out of the park. We'll see. And moving on to tackle four, the statistic that backs that up is the Broncos this season seven from eight in games that are six points or less. Canberra one from seven with six points or less, and they're blowing three 18-0 leads, two 14-0 leads, and a 16-0 lead on the weekend, which is just awful.
1: Yeah. Well, even in the next two rounds, um, Canberra play the Dogs and the Cowboys, so the bottom two teams on the ladder. And Brisbane play the Titans, who they lost to earlier in the year away. And then they run into...
0: But their origin affected this weekend doesn't help their
1: calls. Doesn't. But They're still, still four points points, mate. And then they play the Warriors, so, who traditionally play well at Brisbane. So... You could see a four-point swing now. You know, I'm I'm only playing devil's advocate here, but um, Brisbane, for me, at this point of the season, deserve to be in the finals a lot more than what Canberra do. Canberra, to me, have to win. To justify them being in the eight, they'll have to win six or seven in a row, and they'll have to hope that Brisbane go on a losing streak. And I just don't think Brisbane have got it in them. I think Brisbane, in the next couple of weeks, origin affected, may lose some players because of... Sorry, may lose some games because of a bit of origin fatigue. In Canberra, what do they got to complain about? Who are they got in Origin? And Papala. Papala. They've got no, nothing to complain about. They just Troll. got their best player back. Mm. They're playing against teams that are Origin affected. He couldn't have so done. So if anything. anyone's got excuses, it's Brisbane that's got excuses, not Canberra. No, Canberra. Uh, sorry,
0: Josh Hodgson couldn't have done any more on the weekend to put his stamp. <laughs> oh, no, I on get that,
1: that. They led sixteen. I get mil. that. There's, you know, you just got to win those games. Simple as that. Yeah.
0: No doubt about it, but. Uh, yeah, massive wrap to the Broncos on their season in that regard. To be seven of eight, you'd think if you had eight games in that situation, you'd be happy to win fifty-fifty in that situation. To be seven from eight though, six points or less is huge.
1: Look, and I don't I don't think Brisbane are premiership contenders, but yeah. you know, you don't want to get into a close game with Brisbane. No. If you're one of those top sides, they just they love a close game.
0: And this is the thing when you look at these two and speak about it, the mentality or the club culture in general for the yeah. whole time that the Brisbane has been alive is fighting for everything, effort, energy. They're always around. Canberra, I know, had a winning past, you know, in the years prior to me being born and in the early nineties. But say for the last twenty years or so, they certainly haven't been a hell of a factor or had that winning culture or feeling about them. So um, that's reflected more so in their close games this year and the mentality of the side compared to Brisbane. who mm-hmm. just keep finding away. Well, still without like close though. games
1: last year, really. Yeah, there's, the, the one year in the last four that they've won some close games, they landed in the top four.
0: Yeah, well, there's plenty of talent there, but. Not enough being made of that. Tackle five, uh, Darren Nichols, who we've talked about multiple times over the years at clubs he's been at. Starts off Tigers 20s, plays in France, South Brisbane, back to South. Uh, he's backed up premiership halves at all those clubs and been that guy waiting for an opportunity for so long. Awesome year for Penrith last year. He's been Queensland and New South Wales residents multiple times, the best halfback in both Queensland and New South Wales Cup. Finally, debuts this weekend for the Dragons at age 29. Uh, well Well-deserved. Tell you what, story of perseverance if you've ever seen one, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Deserves his crack. Good luck to him. Um but almost then Hunnell jumped straight
0: back uh, in. Oh, no doubt but, about yeah, it. Yeah, it's
1: a nice he's a nice backup to have and he was You all see, class at Penrith.
0: Yeah, you see a lot of guys get, you know, it's all about timing and he's obviously been to strong clubs and they've got a high opinion of him for that reason. He's never really been called upon to take that opportunity, but to persist for almost a decade in reserve grade and be such a high-quality half and consistently be in the residence in particular, saying you are the best half in either comp. I think he's been in residence for Queensland or New South Wales four or five times mm. in the past six or seven years. So, Massive credit at 29 to be finally getting your debut in our old jersey. And I think the perfect kind of partner to come in to partner somebody like Widow, because he's just steady. He kicks well, defends well. He's a goal kicker. He just does his job and he directs the team around the park. So it's a very handy backup to have. Yeah. But congratulations to Darren Nichols. and The last one here... It's kind of two things that I was tossed up to talk about, but again, we've just heard so much about it. The Penrith coaching staff won't go away. Gus Gould on Monday, uh, and 100% footy came out and just kiboshed the whole thing, said they do the coaching reviews all the time mid-season. He's not doing any coaching, the Sorrello stuff, etc. Uh, you know, all these journos are just making it up and no one rings him or tries to get in contact. And then you hear Buzz Rothfield saying he's tried to ring him for the last week and can't get anything out of him. He's tried to ring him I don't know. I don't know
1: who to believe. Look, it's just... we've. I've heard the whispers. I heard the whispers early in the year. Um, and that was that's from people close to the... Well, people involved with the first-grade side. Simple as that. Um, I've heard that, you know, there were, there were blues on there. I've heard in the last couple of weeks there's tension there. And no doubt there is behind the scenes. But, you know, if in the end, Phil Gould runs the joint. If he comes out and says that Griffin's going to have his... See out his deal, then I've got no reason to question what Phil Gould says. Yep. So, and... I think a lot of people are looking a lot deeper into this, particularly Junos who don't like Gus, and I get that. Um, he's got his enemies, and he's the reason he's got his enemies is because he's got such a strong opinion, which I, which is why I respect him. But to me, it's 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 nothing more than what it is. Or you can't make stories up. You can't make things out of things that aren't there. You know, you didn't hear anything out of out of the Panthers before Ivan Cleary got sacked. It's not a place that leaks. Yeah. So, you know, mind you, I think it's leaked a little bit more than what Gus would like in the last, particularly the last two years or probably the last 12 to 18 months. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know what more to say about it. It's everything that's been said has been said. He's got on the front foot, Gus, and the journos eventually will find something else to write about. Yeah. Well. And I'm not defending Penrith. Like people say, you're, you're defending Penrith. Look, I've got a lot of... Close friends at Penrith. I like seeing Penrith do well. But in the end, I don't work there anymore. Nope. I don't have any loyalty to Penrith. But so. the funny
0: thing is for the journalists, we brought it up in the preseason like everybody because we'd heard it. And it was it was solid mail. And everybody knew about it. But when the winning's going, everything's fine. As soon as a couple of losses have came into this origin dip for two weeks, bang. This is just straight back on the forefront. And you've got to look at it sometimes and question... The media when they do these kind of oh, the, the things. The other thing cause... is
1: we got a couple of messages this week saying, well, why don't you have the balls to say what you've heard on the podcast? If you think that I'm going to throw people under the bus that have told me things, it then was... you kidding yourself. Because it's, it's people to have told me things in confidence that it doesn't go any further. Look, I've heard things. Yes, I've heard things. I've... I'm not going to disclose what I've heard and who it's yeah. about. And it's not my – That's this isn't a gossip podcast. We're no. not a gossip podcast. So we're a rugby league podcast. We'll talk about things that have actually happened and been confirmed. I'm not, gonna... I'm not interested in the scale, Man. but – but yes, have we heard things? Have people told us things that are happening at Penrith? Yes. Do we know for certain that they're happening? No. No. Because we're not there. But and when really, yeah. we don't care.
0: No. Until something solid ever came out of it, you wouldn't hear us confirm or deny exactly what's going on. Anyone on the device. Until something so, was rock solid, we wouldn't be going. This is happening. Someone's yeah. getting sacked. Someone's moving on. Everything is what it has been from <laughs> the start. There is tension there. The only person that, that knows fear.
1: what's going to happen at Penrith is Phil Gould. Yeah. And, and he's got out on the front foot, and I don't think he doesn't why say Why the hell that would he go off out on the front foot and say that, yeah. and then sack him a, a couple of weeks later? Like, let's just drop it and move on. I, I think the two losses probably come at a bad time because it's then brought it back up into the news, hasn't it? It's, no, it's so made
0: it relevant. Media find a way to resurface these things very quickly when things go pear shut Yeah.
1: So whether but it I've, is, I've heard that you know, and Gus would probably admit this that him and Griffin don't see eye to eye on everything. And I don't think it'd be healthy if they did. No.
0: Well, he, didn't, he didn't with Ivan either. Me
1: and but... you don't see eye to eye on everything when we're no. coaching. Me and my staff don't see eye to eye on... everything no You don't agree it's, on everything we talk what, about. What, that, it is what it is. Like, And that that's not enough to have someone be sacked.
0: No. End of the day, though, the only comparison I'll draw, it's not come from these stories or saying that it is going to happen, but there was bits and pieces at times where we knew that him and Ivan disagreed on some things with coaching or players and other you things think- that eventually led to his downfall. Gus Gould is smart enough, to me, that he there's no doubt in my mind, no different at the start of the year. It was either going to happen early or in the pre-season or it wasn't going to happen at all this year. If something's going to happen, it'll be in the off-season, no different it was with Cleary when it randomly came out of nowhere that, oh, he's tired, right, right, what about him? If something's going to happen, it's not going to be during during the season. You won't hear a thing. They'll be rock solid, locked down like a vault until the season is over, if anything will happen at Penrith. So it's a waste of time talking to it prior to that, really.
1: Yeah, so those... Messaging, tweeting, Facebook messaging, asking, trying to stir it up. Um, we've heard probably the same things that you guys yep. have heard, but what do I taking? You'll get nothing out what of it until it's over. What do I read into it? Nothing until no. I see something official. And
0: they won't give anything. He won't. He's yeah. smart enough. He did it previously and he'll do it again. There won't be a murmur or a peep until the season's yeah. done for Penrith. Yeah. They won't do anything to distract the playing group. But That's the set of six there, and we move on to the Power Rankings now, brought to you by the Penrith Solar Centre, www.penrassolar.com.au. They say defense is the best offense, so what defense have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penrass Solar Centre is Western Sydney's leading solar specialist. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC are devoted to giving you back control of your bills. Let the sun work for your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs. It may be the difference between good or great seats washing your team in the NRL Grand Final in 2018. Contact the team at Penrith Solar Centre today on 1800 20 30 to discuss how they can make you the ruiners this season. And the website again, www.penrithsolar.com.au. Get on to Jake and the boys there, and they just celebrated their first birthday. They've had a massive first year. Uh, Matt, or, we're all customers, obviously, in that situation. I work in the electrical industry. It is just one of those things that's a reality, given the way bills are going and privatisation, that if you can get anything back in your back pocket cash-wise or anything that can help you out there, Solar, a worthwhile investment. So, uh, Penrith Solar Center, i get onto them, mention the podcast. But power rankings, uh, Boxhead, got a few changes this week, nothing too huge. But now, basically, these eight teams, I think, will be the ones featuring in finals. It'll <coughs> shuffle on the likelihood of them, and that'll include injuries, form, et cetera, and all those things. But number one, I don't think it's rocket science. South Sydney, eight in a row. They found a way to win again the other day. Yeah. Massive toll from the Denver Test and Origin, but it doesn't matter. They, yeah, they yeah. won.
1: Yep, here, here, south. Number two, the
0: Dragons. Yep. Same here, here. deal. Pushed all the players out there, rolled the chips, got the job done. I don't care if it was ugly. Yeah. Um, like I said, I still don't think there's much happening on the bench, but the starting thirteen is outstanding. That forward pack's incredible, and they found a way to win. Yep. Number three, and I'm giving a bit of grace at the moment because of injuries, origin, and way things are panning out, but I tell you what, they're very close to sliding a few spots, is the of Panthers. Yeah, I've got the Panthers at three. Yeah.
1: Number four. I yeah. have the storm,
0: same. but I have to say again, I heard rumours this week, and it has been confirmed that Jesse Bromwich will be done for the rest of the season. If okay. Jesse Bromwich is out, Finucane's missing time, Cassiano's out for a long period of time, uh, I don't know if there's going to be enough in that forward pack <laughs> for Melbourne to be a real threat in this Premiership.
1: Yeah. I've also, Penrith and the storm, same wins, same losses, etc. I just think on their day, both fit, from what I've seen this year, I think Penrith beat Melbourne. That's why I've got him above them.
0: All right. Number five, and I still think they are one that should be higher up and will be once they can pull it together. But the other night I didn't I didn't take much of is the Roosters. Yeah, I got the Roosters They missed six players from that game the other night, and I think full strength they're still gonna be a real threat in this comp. Agree. Number six the Sharks.
1: Yeah, number six I've got
0: uh the Warriors. Alright, well I've got the Sharks there. Uh tough win again. No,
1: sorry, I've got the Sharks. Yep. Yeah, because they beat the Warriors on the weekend. Yeah, even though it was a forward pass. It was the pass. forward pass, but sorry, no, I've got the Warriors. That's why I've got it there, because I think the Warriors should have won because of the forward pass. Yep. So I've got the Warriors, and then I've got the Sharks
0: at seven. Well, I've dropped the Warriors down. I'll explain what I get there. I've got the Broncos at seven. Yeah. Uh, they've been tough all season, but I stick by what I've said. Outstanding young forward pack. Some great individual playing every single game. But the one thing, and only only one thing to me could drive them to be a top four side, is a halfback, and they let him go. Yeah. Jack Bird was a terrible decision. I have no idea how you spend $900,000 on a guy that's not a half to put him in the centres, and he's not a fullback. Mm. Like, And then you look at now, and you're like, Azarko's your future fullback. Your six is there at Milford. I have no problem with Milford, but you need a seven. Yeah.
1: And I, go, just... I can look at the first seven sides, and I've got the Sharks at seven, and I've got the Broncos at eight. I go through every side in the top seven, and I can find a reason how they win the comp. I can't find a reason or a way that Brisbane win the competition because of that reason. Seven's the, the glaring seven. thing. And I don't think Darius Boyd no, is playing well. he's not,
0: and he's injured. And I think, again, to <laughs> maximise... Their side, I'd prefer... Milford, the
1: other night, they're like, oh, Milford had such a great game. He ran down that same edge of Canberra and yeah. looked like a superstar. He
0: slipped through once. One was a kick where someone fell if over. If he
1: pulls on. Melbourne apart or he pulls the Roosters apart defensively, yeah. I'll give him some kudos.
0: Like I said, of 2015, Milford, that... Like, if you reading what I read, I thought of that night where he was just running rampant, pushing through holes, cutting teams apart. He's still not close to that form just yet. He had a good game, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. And the last one, I've got the Warriors at eight. The reason I've got the Warriors at eight... They week to week consistently have someone in, someone out. Now they've lost Tohu Harris and Bunty Afal, who I both think have been outstanding. In particular, Harris on that edge for four to six weeks. Mannering I think's well past it, even though he does a solid job. But with him out, Blair suspended, those two guys missing. Um, you know Johnson's been back for a few weeks. I think Green's been a bit down on what he has been. Luke's been in and out. sheck has been in and out. I. It's just I think they're definitely in the finals. But with everybody on the field, I bump them up a few spots. But those two losses, particularly on the forward pack, I think hurt a lot. Yeah. They started the season so strongly in the middle. They've kind of dropped off in that area. But you take out a foe who I think has been their best bench forward in particular, and you take away Harris on that right edge who's been just outstanding. I think that really hurts the mm-hmm. Warriors.
1: Yeah, I
0: okay. agree. Um, and even Penrith without their rep players this week and the halves. I don't have any problem with the halves. They've got into May and Lua. I think that's a danger game. People are saying it's a danger game for Penrith. I think it's a danger game for the Warriors of old. Mm. Last year they went to Penrith and got a bit lead and they blew it. I think this week if they take them lightly, they'll be in big trouble as well.
1: Yeah.
0: so that's my power rankings for now but uh, yeah I think kind of 7 and 8 the Broncos and Warriors I probably struggle a little bit if everyone's on the field Harris Afoa Johnson Green Sheck Luke for the Warriors I could see something if they got hot like they did in 2011 Yeah, but the Broncos the halfback position is just glaring to me it's absolutely glaring um and yeah. <clears throat> All right. Getting into the reviews of the games from the weekend, and they are brought to you by Poketelux, Poketelux.com.au. If your footy season has started, which it has, or you're involved with the sports team, or you're looking for a fundraising idea for your club, look no further, because with over ten years' experience, they are the leaders in fundraising for sporting clubs. Paul and Adam, and the Poketelux team, are passionate about what they do and committed to help you raise those funds. This fundraiser comes with a guaranteed $1,000 profit, and if you mention the podcast, you get a $100 off the initial cost, so why not get in contact with the boys? It's a no-brainer. They give you all the equipment. They have the hosts to run the night, and there's over $2,000 worth of prizes. Get in touch with them today. They've raised over $1.5 million to date for those sporting clubs. So www.pokedelux.com.au. Get on board with the boys there. Uh, reviews from the weekend, Brock Dragons, Eels, Friday night. I think... It's just sad to kind of see Parramatta, I think, put out two of their better performances in two games they've lost this late in the season. But at the same time, we talk about this again. Start of the year, all the pressure, media, you know, everything's on. As soon as you are done for the season, contracts are on the line, blokes have been told they might get moved on. It's pretty easy to perform once the pressure's all kind of off. And I thought Parramatta the other night, better intent than they've ever had. Good energy again. They were winning the yardage sets. I think they were really getting stuck into the Dragons, to be honest. But at the end of the day... Yeah. they lost they lost they still found a way to lose that game And for all the bits and pieces where I'm sitting there going well this is much better and the edge defence has tightened up and they're getting up and being aggressive like they were last year and the Haas look like they're on the same page and kicking well the Dragons found those moments that the Eels just couldn't this year they were flat but they had a high completion rate McGregor pushed his chips all in when he played all the origin players I thought that was insane I thought they needed a rest yeah. and he would have been even filthier if he lost because you would have put your players into debt you would have lost <laughs> two points they would have been even more fatigued but they found a way to drag themselves out of it. and uh, Probably that try on half-time was a massive confidence boost they needed. Vaughan, I think, jumps the markers, gets to the left there and gets two guys to bite in and offload for Widock, who goes long to Nene, uh, and that passenger play to left-line, the kick for Dufty. That, that's one of the best tries of the year. It was an absolute cracker. Yeah, it was. Second half with six minutes to go, you just think the Dragons have had chance after chance after chance. It's not going to be their night. But you always get a feeling with teams that have had a bad year they're going to fall over or something's going well, to go
1: wrong. And a, it did. Winning's a habit and so is losing. They just found a way to lose. The Dragons found a way to win. Simple as that. Two Haramada kicks, though. Parramatta were the best side for 70 minutes of that game.
0: Two kicks, that are Heartbreaking. <laughs> ben Hunt, bless him for doing that. All the criticism, all the hate, all the stuff that's been piled on. He had a bad game, full stop. He did have a bad night. He, but he never stopped throwing punches. He had a couple of errors, yes, but he rolled the same kick and he did in origin and he got a result. Right. You and A scored, and then late in the game, loose as uh, you know nothing was really doing. They put a kick in behind, and the fullback wasn't home. And Duffy, who was probably the best player I thought on the field on the night, comes up with a try, and he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, he was not so, on the field for them. Again, I think they've got they got to look back at some of their origin players. So I think Jack DeBellin, who played with a busted elbow and a bad hit point, it was great thought, uh, you know, had his moments as well. Dufty was the best by far, but even Vaughan uh, and Graham backing up, those couple of guys all dug in. And I tell you he has been an absolute stellar form this season, Tim Lafflein. Tim Lafflein is a bad passer or a Rocks or a Diamonds moments every so often. I know some of the Dragons fans aren't big fans of him, but with the ball in hand on his best night, he's one of the better centres in the competition, Tim yeah, uh, For the Eels. What do you say? Uh, tough night again to come up with a loss. Season definitely is done. They're trying to reshape their roster, but yeah, just another one of those nights and Corey Norman, where's he going? Moses is going to be the one in control, steering the ship. There's Austin going there, there's been rumours of. I don't know, but it's kind of hard to see, even with a couple of the changes that they're talking about, that things will get better for Parramatta next yeah, year. You wouldn't think so. So, hard year for Parramatta, there's no doubt about
1: to... it. Well, they'll get better next year because you have got some front rows coming, but they've got a lot to do in the off-season.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Warriors-Cronulla uh, this game, 18-15. Cronulla come up with it, but it's funny how things work in rugby league. They lose to a forward pass from everyone's perspective against Brisbane a week prior to this, obviously, buy-around and coming back and playing, and then they get a win off a forward pass, which was blat- It was blatantly forward. Yeah. I have no doubt that anyone would agree that that was the case. But the Warriors started fast, and honestly, the Sharks, they didn't want to be there. They looked like it was wet, it was cold. It was one of those nights where a couple of guys are backed up, and you just walk out, and you're like, bloody hell, no intention of coming on this field. And early on, Warriors had 80% of the football. Sharks are making errors in their own half. Penalties, they missed touch, and they got burned very early. 12-0 after 10 minutes, you're sitting there going, this could be anything. Mm. They woke up, obviously, as the Sharks do, and they did what they do best. They got it ugly. They got it into the grind. They got an even share of possession. They played the conditions quite well. And last week, it was someone bringing up that they weren't really a big fan of Chad Townsend. I thought he was the one who, as usual, just does all the little things, and you don't really appreciate it, but I thought he kicked well, and he steered him around the park. Um, he forced some repeat sets and Raymond, we talk about him all the time, his solo effort was good. And at the end of the half there, just a brain explosion by Hiku. came off his man when he didn't need to. Edric Lee strolls over and at 12-0 at half time, that's a good comeback from the start they had. Mm. But I think one thing for the Warriors that I realised, especially in mm. those wet conditions, missing those two wingers, Fussy Two and Marmolo, make a huge difference to their set starts and their yardage game yeah. in those hard conditions. But second half was just a grind. I thought it was back and forth from both. They both had some chances. Uh, The conditions, again, made that quite hard. Cronulla got that penalty goal, and then New Zealand come down, do the same thing, kick the field goal, and you think they're going to be in control. Isaac Luke picks up that ball. They go back and look at it. He's inside 10, so no try. Penalty, and as we say, penalty error. You can technically class the charge down as an error because they get that repeat effort. And Before you know it, Moylan looks up. He sees numbers. He creates it, and the forward pass leads to the try to win them the game, but... Do or say what you will. I say it every single week. No one is better at getting into an ugly game or finding a way out or dragging you in the mud than the Cronulla Sharks. Mm. And after the start they had in that game, it was off a forward pass, but I still can't believe they found a way to drag themselves back in that game. And the Warriors would be heartbroken, given how many players yeah, look, again. let be fair.
1: The, it was a 50-50 game decided by a shit referee decision, really.
0: It was another call I did not like. <laughs> Chad Townsend, I thought, played advantage when he tried to score that try. He picked up a ball that they called no advantage. He ran to the corner. He almost scored. Rogestul Varsicette came up with another cracking try saver. He didn't score. They sent it up for video replay, but they went back and said you didn't play advantage. If you've picked up a loose pass that's been touched or whatever, ran 10 metres and had a chance to score a try, you've played your advantage. They shouldn't have got another set of six. Hmm. So I, I don't think that yeah, one...
1: But that's not as bad a call. No,
0: not as the forward pass. pass. Right.
1: And the calls this week... Um, for forward passes to be ruled on. I said this two or three years ago. The bunker, sh- well, when we, it would have been two years ago, when we first implemented the bunker, I made the comment that they should be able to not rule on everyone, but for that situation, it's a fucking howler. Oh. And it just looks ridiculous. People watching that that never watched a game of rugby league before, and it's if you said, to them, we go to technology, but we can't rule on this. Mm. And they go, but it's wrong. Yeah, we know, but we, 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 we're we not allowed to rule on that. People yeah. just go, what the fuck? It's just it stupidity. Was, it, like, was, it was blatant. We handcuff ourselves to just stupidity in some of the things that we've got within our game and the rules and the structures and not disagree the with processes. It. It's, it was disgraceful.
0: And you yeah, the biggest part, like I said.
1: We went a fucking metre forward, blatantly a metre forward. He hard, passed it before the line, he caught it a metre in front of the line.
0: Hard night. They played a bunch of guys they wanted to rest. They didn't get to play both their wingers. They backed up some guys from the Zealand yeah. test. They lose Harris and Afua who are huge to their push forward.
1: Um, and Luke Lewis was on the on the commentary team laughing about it.
0: Yeah. Laughing. Well, easy to laugh when it's your team. But it cost them their top four spot. And again, at the end of the year, it might have more implication. If they oh missed gosh. the top four by two points and it's they've lost two of the their players, you're gone. You're back down the bottom end. So huge for them. And I was going to say... For them in that game, I thought Roger Tuivasa-Shek was great again. Past year since he left the Titans and went back there, he's been really good. Been yeah, in another good better game better the other night. Words, definitely. Isaiah Papali, I thought last year was a little out of his depth, but with another preseason, he's only twenty years old. I thought he was pretty good again the other night too. But for the Sharks side of things, Valentine Holmes definitely kicked things up another gear. I like Kurt well, I've said it multiple times. Him coming in, I thought he did a good job. And Gallen, he's, he's strong. Gallon he's very versatile. He can play in multiple positions. He's a good footballer. Gallen had a ripper of an effort as well, and I thought Townsend, just, again, small stuff that people don't appreciate, but I thought he played well in the conditions. But to tell you what, we move on to the next game, and that's the Storm and the Roosters. If there's a winner out of this weekend, it's the Melbourne Storm because there's a lot of teams in the top eight that lost around Melbourne. Melbourne found that win against the Roosters. Then you look at something like the Warriors who lose that game. Melbourne find themselves now back into the top four after some injuries and some ups and downs during the year and having a massive origin effect again. They would have been very happy after the weekend and how things panned out. Yeah, But this game, a lot of people said this game was terrible. I thought it was a very good defensive game. It was a good defensive I don't, like If you don't appreciate that side sort of... But this is one and two defences in the competition. I thought Melbourne tried to throw a lot of trick shots and different shapes and switch plays at the Roosters and they just kept turning white to the point where it took most of the half before Melbourne decided they'd take the two points. Uh, I thought on the Roosters' side of things, they didn't throw as much at uh, Melbourne storm because they went back to their old ways as far as making errors and not really giving themselves an opportunity but you've got to look at this for what it is. For everyone complaining about the game Melbourne coming to this game Jack's pulled out just before kickoff no Bromwich, no Felice Cafusi, no Dale Finucan, no Sam Cassiano They're on the rooster side of things Rhea Hargroves couldn't play Orbison was out, Joey manu was out Madison's missed a couple of weeks now who was one of their better players beforehand and Corden didn't play mm. there's almost 10 or 11 starters in this game that didn't back up To play this fixture, it was
1: a bit of fake form that game. It It was was a very good defensive game, but Melbourne is the real benefactor in the scheme of those losses. Later on, they're all going to be a not playing Origin. If all those guys are back, full team back. If all those guys guys are back, it's a cracker of a game. But why? Why would they? Why the hell would they put that game? Schedule that game during Origin? They did it last year
0: when we were Originless and they had less players in than usual, and Pierce was there. And it wasn't a bad game, luckily, when I think we almost beat them and He's picked the field, field goal. goal. But, but still, I don't know. it's still not the best way to advertise your game in another state when you're sending two heavyweights broken and battered with guys out injured or not backing up. And then last year, you send one team without five or six Origin players and the other one turns up full strength and plays a Barney and almost loses to a bunch of kids. Yeah, um, I hope they enjoyed the games over there. I enjoyed it the other night, but it's still not exactly what you want to see. Uh, at the end of the day, though, Melbourne found a way, despite all that football, and the big moment, I suppose, comes down to Tupac, I thought, should have scored that try. They did score not long after through Ikevalu, but Latrell and Mitchell missed that penalty kick from mid-front. horrendous. After kicking one from the sideline, and that was a big moment in the scheme of things, and it was just an ugly game. I thought the Roosters, like I said, had a clunky night. I thought they did a job of trying to, obviously, Cooper Cronk knows, and getting their markers to overcompensate and try and switch back and go to the ruck, but... Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot great about it, but long term, I think like you said, it's a fake result in realistic terms when you're missing ten top class players and guys backing up, and the travel again. Smith's so, field goals, really. It hard. was a perler, and Ryan Hoffman at age 36 or whatever, I think 35, 36. That charge down, that's one of the best <laughs> effort plays you'll see at the back and end to of the pick game. Oh, that's what I mean. That one was a corker. Forget the charge down, getting the football back with a bloke who's basically lost all leg speed, in my opinion, and played 80 minutes. That was huge. Who's well, retiring too? Yeah. And what a career he's had. Yeah. Three hundred and twenty games, timing, couple yeah. of premierships, a couple of
1: apprenticeships
0: just. Yeah, massive effort. I thought Smith, clearly the standout. Hoffman was awesome in that game. And Nelson, despite the errors, but there was a few bad ones, had a very good game. Yeah. And we are lacking forwards at the moment. He needs to clean up those errors, but I think he's been really, really good. The Roosters side of things, well, I thought Ferguson, regardless of what I think of off the field stuff and things in the past, he's had an outstanding season. Tokyo is another one of these guys as usual, just week in, week out, just keeps dishing up. And Teddy much like Origin didn't have a lot of classic moments, but he just did a hell of a lot of dirty work off the ball. I thought he had a pretty good game. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah Fake form, like you said, not a real result, but Melbourne still benefit hugely from the results around them and still on that two points, considering the players out and the Origin guys backing up. That's huge for Melbourne. Yeah, That gives them a real good chance of getting top four, possibly down the road, and I still don't think they can win it, but if Melbourne's going to have any chance of doing anything, I think they need two bites of the cherry this year. Yeah, they sure. certainly need two bites of the cherry. Panthers Manly, wow, 18-10. The shit, man. There was thirty errors in this game of football, but I'll throw it out there, plain and simple. Manly came to play. I don't think Penrith did. Oh, Penrith, Manly were pretty poor as well. Though. I thought they were much better. I thought their attitude, Why their commitment. You? I thought they beat Penrith in the middle. Dude, Penrith, Penrith had led half time. Didn't they? Penrith had thirty nine misses to thirteen. Hmm. Say what you will about Manly, Tapio, Adam Fanua Blake, and even Farno on debut got too many opportunities to push their up. I thought they were disjointed. I thought they were terrible. I thought both sides were shit. Peachy had I a bad it was a no, game. It's just yeah, there was a lot of bad about I it. I went
1: down and watched this game live, three o'clock Saturday afternoon. It was perfect weather. Well, not a cloud in the sky, not a piece of dew on the field, and it was just dog shit. It was evil, wasn't it? It really was. not I thought
0: the halves were just on completely different pages. They weren't in sync. Had a little
1: word to our mate from the Rotary Club too about his doubles. Yeah, and I had a little conversation. You let him know about the point, first points. I said, and mate, where do you get off?
0: Yeah, the Panthers club too, saying yeah. that
1: the rule. This is the rule when on the website. everyone knows and on the website on the rules for the company that sells the doubles this is the rule Oh, mate, that's just how we do it. I said, What's fucking wrong, mate?
0: Well, let's give the background story for everyone because we didn't bring this up. I went did down you with you. We spoke about no, we the podcast. Didn't. I went down with Brock. I can't remember. Maybe we did. But I went down with you we went to watch Vaughnny play and watch the Panthers Dragons game.
1: Well, I go. I go to most
0: Penny yeah. Fans. I was, was, was going to stay afterwards to catch up with him as you do, and you had to go. It so was a rarity
1: me. for you to be there, but Vaughnny was playing, so you were there. Yeah. But yeah, I bought some doubles. You gave me a double. <clears you <clears had the first try scorer for the Plus the nine. It to the nine because the Dragons didn't score. Yeah.
0: And they've had the queue, so I've gone to line up. Half the people in the queue are there because they know it's the hooker and no one scored a try. Half the people are there because they think it's the first point score. What a fucking joke! So the Rotary Club was the one selling them, but the Panthers Club or whoever working there for Panthers is the one giving the prizes out. And said it's the which is wrong, point in,
1: which is wrong because someone from the Rotary who ran the competition should be there. It shouldn't be oh. someone from Penrith who didn't run the competition.
0: You'd think so. So I'm not
1: you? cranky with the Panthers. So I'm, I was pissed off with the Rotary Club.
0: Yeah, because the rules are wrong. Well, even if that is them doing collecting for the Rotary Club, the rules on their website are the opposite of what the result are. And a little was. bit of karma. So who was the goal kicker for the Dragons that night? They kicked p- So anyone anyway, who the had the six, six got to that six. instead of the nine. So, right. so a
1: little bit of karma on the weekend at Weikart. I bought some and boom, 200 of the best. Got the go. double. So stick that at one up your ass, Rotary Club.
0: Because, yeah, there was, there, was they a, ripped me off. there was a 50-50 line and a lot of oh. people were boiling an argument. I was just confused. I, I bought doubles front, for
1: so. 15 years. And it's always been the nine when there's not a try yeah. scorer. So,
0: Shouldn't be a goal-kicker. Poor form. <clears throat> what
1: do you mean, should be the
0: goal-kicker? No, so it shouldn't be the goal-kicker. No go in the world. So that's, that's the, the easiest It should be the nine. That's where you get out of the pack. Okay,
1: and then what did they say to you? If there's no goal-kicker, it's the nine.
0: Yeah, if there was no points at all, so well
1: still. <coughs> You're buying a try-scoring yeah. double. So a try-scoring try try scoring double. Not a point-scoring. Not a point-scoring yeah. fucking double. So Christ's sake.
0: There you go. There's Brock's rant. But this game... Uh, Like I said, I honestly thought Manly were better. That
1: was more entertaining than the game. That story was more entertaining than
0: the game. 100%.
1: But Manly were better. Full stop. they were both shit and they both, well, Penrith are going to be better. Forget
0: Manly, they're not a factor in the finals. Manly,
1: congratulations. You won a
0: game. Injuries, plenty of stuff going off the field. It's a great result for them. For Penrith to get
1: hammered
0: by by the Roosters and then come into this one. uh, They were terrible. Penrith are tired; They've got a lot
1: of injuries. They'll come good.
0: Still, it wasn't a great performance. So it was well done, very, Neely. very clunky. Thirty errors wasn't great. Farnum, good game on debut. The thirty-nine misses was my biggest concern. to third though. <laughs> nearly were just there for all of it. You didn't agree with the sin binning? I thought that was a really big no, issue. I,
1: I looked at it again. Yeah, it's a bidding. You can't put your arm out. I, the reason I questioned it is because I thought Cherry Evans did as much jostling as what Cleary did.
0: But he reached for him once yeah. he was kind of breaking free. Yeah, I plain and simple. If you jostle, them, that's fine. As soon as a hand goes out, also
1: my question was. How far out from the try line it was as well? I don't know. I just had some question marks over it. If that's going to be a sim meeting, I'm happy with it.
0: Ten errors from their back five on the weekend. That's unacceptable for Penrith. You can't have that when you're trying to get your set starts. It was very loose. Uh, Jack Herthington said it before. Big fan of him, but some of the stupidity again in the penalties, much like a hip graver we spoke about. All the potential in the world, but really needs to reel it in, reel it in fast. But their pack was pretty ordinary in the weekend. Penrith, they got completely <laughs> dominated. Joel Thompson had an absolute blinder. Uh, And Jake's try assist, the pass that he popped out there at the back end was a cracker (laughs) as well. So all around, very good result. But Manly looking down the barrel of losing Dylan Walker long-term. I haven't heard what ended up coming out of that, but they were fearing for a dislocated kneecap or possible ACL on the weekend. Mm. But, uh, yeah, not a great result for them. But great win in general after so much off-field stuff, injuries and all the drama that's been going on. But Penrith, back to the drawing board. Big game this weekend. Dogs Newcastle, 36-18. I thought the first half was quite tight, but when you lose two of your spine players, it's a huge ask. Ponga goes off after 15 minutes. Slade Griffin's knee injury was actually awful. It's come out now that he's torn the lateral, which is something that even when they do repair, has permanent instability. It's his fourth ACL, plus now that lateral. I don't know if he comes back, but if he does, you're basically playing Russian rule every single week when your knee's held together but with, the, with that lateral reconstruction. So... I dare say this may be the end of him. If it's not, full credit (laughs) to him, but I think he's crazy. Yeah. So, first half was good, but that literally there, when you're down to 15, put the mockers on it. When Biro pushed him out of halves, I thought, right away, you're behind the eight ball. Um, Connor Watson, I thought, was their best player. He was great, running the football. He got freed up at the back there. Herman Sasa was outstanding in the front row, but other than that, there wasn't a whole lot of support there. I know the efforts there for the whole game, as it has been in previous years, and they've been cruel this season, considering they found... Six wins is outstanding, but no Pierce, no Ponga, and now no Slay Griffin. Three of you starting, spine are, are gone. But the Bulldogs, similar to Parramatta, season over. Those contracts, all the talk, all the negativity that's been going on. Clean slate, bunch of kids on debut. Everyone's clear and focused, and just playing out the rest of the year. And, and it showed on the field. They were at ease. They rolled up field. David Clammer had a blinder. As did Jackson. Adam Elliott and Lewis came in. I thought he'd play well. I thought Marshall King was very, very solid. Leisha looked relieved as well. Remus Smith's inside pass when he came back in to all those players was outstanding and everything just seemed to bounce their way. And in the second half, they came home with 24 unanswered points and poor old Newcastle can't take a trick at the moment. Both yeah. shit teams. <clears throat> Bob, left rock, night. Yeah. Rubbish teams. Yeah, well, Newcastle the, like are said, rubbish because they've lost. Their best they're falling points. apart, and we started here when a lot of people if said top Pierce, eight. They're not top eight. How much? Depth?
1: What percent? are Pearson and Ponga in their salary cap.
0: Oh, at the moment, they've been spent the whole salary cap. But, but the biggest saying, portion of
1: it would be that—that'd be the, your two biggest portion.
0: Well, if you're about 1.5 or 1 million or whatever they've got left over, you're looking at 750 and about 900. So You can so, yeah. cut
1: the shit however you want. They're yeah. their best two players. Well,
0: we'll the start top eight. Everything right. would have to go right and no yeah. injuries, and they don't have the depth, and we're seeing it right now.
1: And the Bulldogs, again, they've lost, you know, arguably their best couple of players yeah. because they've had to move them on because of salary. But account. they're pressure-free, similar deal. They've coined slate. Get it. They're done. But they're two teams that aren't making yeah. the finals. I just, I, I can't get excited to watch a lot of these teams play because they're rubbish.
0: Newcastle now, definitely. That's, I saw the dogs Dogs are terrible. I scratched five teams a couple of weeks ago. The only one I left, uh, I think, was maybe Newcastle. I don't know. Actually, I scratched it as well. I'm pretty sure. But they're I definitely to, finished
1: I had Tigers now. and Raiders left. They're definitely finished. That's for um, sure. And I've only got the Raiders left, and they're about a 1% chance. Well, I think mean, the Tigers have got more, one more win than the
0: Raiders, but I don't know what their draw looks like. So, harder one there. But Newcastle, uh, all the best for Slade Griffin. His injury, that's awful. Connor Watson, like I said, thought he was good. SAS has been huge all year. They need to get him some help, though. Uh, the dog side of things, Remus Smith, Claremont Jackson. There was it was a pretty good all round performance from them. So a lot of young kids, lots of fresh faces. Yeah. they're pressure free. i spoken enough. Yeah, much. they're pressure free for the rest of the for the year though. So it makes it much easier for the Bulldogs to keep playing. Uh, Broncos, Canberra. This is the one for the round that you obviously look at oh. and you just go, wow. First half, it was all Canberra. Their yardage was outstanding. Their back five, led by Oldfield, Kotrick, and Brad Abbey on his first game for the Raiders, he was outstanding. They were carving them all day. Hodgson manipulating the ruck, as we said. He just elevates all those forwards. They had a field day. Um, The Broncos' first half, the amount of errors, getting trapped in their own half. The poor set ends is the big thing, and this is why we talk about that quality half. Nick is not a seven. Milford's definitely a six, but he needs somebody there stabilizing. Any chances they kind of got, they had third or fourth plate kicks that went for seven tackle sets or hit bodies. It was just an absolute shit show, and their forward pack was run over the top of But uh, coming into half time at 16 0, you're just sitting there going, surely they just come back out, print that out, and just repeat. And the Broncos were in all sorts. You have Sims, who went off for a HIA, saw her, ended up failing and not going back on. And Andrew McCulloch dislocates his fingers. So they're literally at one point there, two in the dressing shed, looking down the barrel of two on the bench, and a guy who's playing in a key position in the spine, not being able to use his hand properly. Uh, it just absolutely looked all sorts. But the second half, they just found a way to make errors in yardage, go away from what was working for them, and that edge that we've spoken about for multiple years now on the right-hand side just completely crumbled.
1: Well, they did. They were terrible. And they should have closed that game out. They led 16-0 Sebra at the ice hockey, actually, keeping tabs on this game. and We both had a bet on Canberra, and we were... Smoking cigars at half time. But. Well,
0: said it when you went to walk out that time that there's no way we can trust Canberra. And sure enough, when I opened the app back up before I went home and watched it later on, it was 24 22 with them about to kick a penalty goal to finish things off. But
1: yeah. just. Well, under Brisbane. I, they won the second half, oh. what, 28 4 or something. 26? So, 26 4.
0: They came back to win that one. Probably. And Canberra was 16 <laughs> at half time. So. so as
1: much as you've got to kick Canberra in the arse, you've got to wrap Brisbane. Oh. Brisbane never went away.
0: The forwards, like I said, under adversity. Sims, HIA got back on the field, but he was rattled. Sewell was ruled out for the game. McCulloch dislocates a couple of fingers there. He wasn't healthy. They were getting beaten up in the middle and on the edges, but they just built energy as the game went on. They refused to go away. Any errors that Cameron made, they cannot not defend errors at all inside Mm. their own half, and there were some poor ones at that, but uh, I thought Maguire had a massive game again. Milford did have a good game considering the circumstances. He had a hand in a couple of those tries, but... One was touched, one popped up. Like he, he was in, had his hand in all of them, but I still don't think it was what I read on the way home. I thought he absolutely carved them to pieces. The try he scored, Blake Austin's turned out, completely left CSO the older to try and come from the inside and cover for him. That was his inside shoulder. Um, there was just some really, really poor defense. But the sad part is I look at it again, I'm like Josh Hodgson was outstanding, and Kotrick and Oldfield, bar his one error, had a pretty good night, and Abbey on debut. And there's a lot of positives again, but just... It blows my mind to think you can lead three games, 18-0, two, 14-0. This one, 16-0 and be one from seven. And It's always the last 20 to 15. And we saw the stat last year. Most errors in the last five minutes of games, I would have thought, well, you know, sure, there's not a whole lot of errors in the last five minutes of games. They were number one in that category and they had five or six more errors than anybody in the last five minutes. And again, it shows. I don't care about what people say about coaching this, that, and the other. At what, some point, it comes down to the group, the mentality of the players, and the strength you have to close a game out. That... Can't come down to Ricky Stewart because he's not the one on the field. When you are blowing that many games at the back end, it is on you as a group to pull things out of the fire, aim up on your line, get up and shut things down, or hold the f- fucking football. And they just couldn't do it.
1: Yep. So I, I can't say any more than what we've
0: Brisbane that already
1: said about There's a lot of people up. taking
0: offence to us. Brisbane, we've I've given plenty of comments to Brisbane all year, uh, compliments all year, but I still don't think they're going to win the comp. Like, but I don't understand being offended, I let them cry but, as much as
1: they want. You don't, have, you don't have a halfback. You've the got the touchiest yeah. in the comp.
0: You got one of the best young forwards. You don't packs. have a halfback. You're going to yeah. make the
1: eight as you always do. You should. You
0: deserve to make the eight. Yeah, but outstanding halfback. No, you're not winning the comp. But the Ben Hunt gone or just no one else in there for Jack Bird thing still just blows my mind. It really does. Stop being so touchy. So, uh, yeah, great individual and young David Defeater, first player to make his debut born in the two thousands. 18 years old. Oh, yeah. Watched him play up there at Keyborough. He's quite an exceptional talent. Lots of clubs vying for his services. They've got him locked up to 2020. But just another one that we talk about. Offerhand Gowie, Sewer coming in, Payne Haas played his couple of games for feeder now. Katoni Stags. They are almost rolling over some of these guys that are at the back end. And it's good news to see somebody like that come in and play the way he did, given we heard this week that Matt Gillette has now torn his calf muscle on the back of his neck surgery and he's going to be delayed by another six to eight weeks. Hmm. So... The young Brisbane players and the Brisbane side just keep finding a way. Sure do. Good win for them. Uh, Titans, Tigers. You went there for this one and I was kind of jealous because it looked outstanding, to be honest. The crowd looked awesome. I thought the football that was played, despite the Tigers blowing a few things, I thought they played some real open football. The disappointing thing is with that good football came an absolute lack of care factor in defense. And on their line in particular, the Ryan James crash over, soft the Ash Taylor inside shoulder miss where I think someone's just a dummy and go. Someone didn't get to A though. There was nobody there. And Lawrence just had to come over from marker and Brooks should have identified that, but he was out on the B. There was just a couple of poor ones and to sum it all up was Arrow at the end there. Arrow just shrugs off two or three blokes after all the attack that they threw at the Titans and just strolls on through. And there was just effort and consistency, I thought, all day in the Titans to hold on, which is for the, they are the worst defensive side in the competition. I don't really associate defending your line. I thought they did very well. They did. And they scrambled well. and Probably the effort side of things summed up by being under pressure and conceding all those line breaks and constant on the back foot and just something as simple as Brimson's one where the bomb comes down from Matthews, Brimson follows his own kick and scores a try. Mm. Um, but
1: The runaway from uh, Anthony Don. There are a few of them where yeah. it was just Titans players in the right uh, place at the right time, but... The atmosphere was outstanding. It was a sellout. Uh, I went there with well about six or eight mates. We did a pub crawl early in Balmain, made our way up, and I was left last man standing six minutes into the game because they couldn't see. So
0: yeah.
1: I um, we went in down the the school end. I don't know. You haven't been to Lockout, like have you? Yeah,
0: You've been plenty of like
1: times.
0: Okay. Um, Commentate there most down suppose. the
1: school. Okay, yeah, but yeah. when it's when it's a packed house like that, it's a different story. So. Planning for your next trip. They went in the school end behind the hill, couldn't see anything, so I made my way around basically behind the dugout. Had a perfect view, so mm. the boys went back to the pub, they thought better of it. They were all Tigers fans, so I was there wasn't a Titans fan in the joint. No, I'll, I'll give you the tip. I so saw that on the telly. My cheers were very silent, uh, but I, I was just happy to see my team win. I, yeah. I don't often go and see any of my teams win, I'm usually the kiss of death, so uh, I, they played particularly well. I was happy with in particular their second half, I thought at half time the Tigers would win by how many um, but if
0: the pass is stuck and they calm down a little bit yeah, but,
1: but they didn't the whole game for
0: everything they created they just refused to settle and
1: I thought yeah there was a Moses and Nathan Byer. Peets for me at the moment is a player that's getting paid a lot of money or he's on decent wedge and he's not contributing a lot well, I thought um, he
0: laid on a try and wasn't too bad I yeah, saw the two he moments he puts a couple of shit
1: kick, kicks in and just takes some bad options and puts us under pressure can give away a penalty I just I expected him to develop into a better player when we brought him from Parramatta. Well, I don't injury, think he's injuries certainly haven't helped. Get that? that. I don't no. think he's I don't think he's touched the form that he showed at Parramatta before he came. No. I know he played for the Blues last year. That was more a process of elimination. He was last man standing, but once some real options at nine reared their head this year, he wasn't anywhere near the conversation. No, so not a part of it at all. He for me he's one that needs to improve. Um, uh, Michael Gordon's an un- unsung hero. He just Big, does a right. little shit I
0: still, on every play. I've said it every week, and I don't know if you're up to me now with it. Well, I think Brimson's outstanding. He's I been really good. like Brimson. Been really he's good. He's a quality footballer. Yeah. Um, Jai Arrow, I don't care. <clears throat> Again, like Rami and a lot of these young talents, week to week is just. He's At half time he had thirteen carries, one hundred and twenty. Like he just, I, I'm blown away. Hmm. He's come in and just absolutely. And Wallace, like I shred. expected him to probably. He had a couple of holes. He wasn't too bad. He was okay. James was good. James was good.
1: James was good yeah, but
0: uh, all around, I thought you guys showed a bit of toughness, which is usually we're just something...
1: missing. We're missing centers and wingers.
0: Yeah, we really need to, are. They just sort that corner definitely. Uh, they've just re-signed Copley, though, so they're uh, obviously Copley offended Copley cannot him. defend. No, you can't he can't defend. He cannot defend. That edge last year with him and LG, I know LG's not there now, but it was Fucking conceded hell. more tries than any on that side of the field in the competition. But Moses Mbai, if he's been there for only a week or so, he was great. He, he looked was dangerous great. every time he touched football. Robbie, everything I've said in the past, uh, good, bad or not, or what I think of the blow, I thought he contributed very well in the day as well. I'll say this about Robbie Farr.
1: Jason Taylor got rid of him because he stifled the play of the halves because he took the ball and wanted a ball play. He did exactly that again on the weekend. He stifled their halves, in my opinion. He jumped out a few he times. He plays his own style. I get it. It's not his team anymore. But to me, man, I, wrong call. Oh,
0: to wrong finish call. the year off, he's pushed all in. It's 10 games. I don't blame him for doing it because they don't have a better option at nine. So, you know, do you reckon
1: this will be his last year?
0: I don't think they'll re-sign him, and I stick by what I said a couple of weeks ago. If I, When the Warriors said so that they can't... bring
1: him back? To try and to, try, to try and stumps. get
0: to the finals right now and just have a last roll because if not, you know I doubt they expected to be in the situation they have been. Uh, they've lost a couple of games they probably shouldn't have after winning. They probably probably shouldn't have at the start of the season. And I think it's just a situation of he's an NRL standard hooker whether you like it or not. He's better than what no, they have. I'm the not club. saying he's not. He gets to finish off in the fashion that he probably wanted to and didn't deserve a couple of years ago. But now he comes back. Contributes for his ten games, and that's probably a happier 10-year or finish off for. Ivan he's clear. an
1: origin quality hooker, no doubt about it. But for me, he's just too stuck in this one style. He's got this one style, and he can't seem to adapt to the play of an individual team. But I just think, you know yeah. he played his best games when you know there were players out for South. I, I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, I think he's got a bigger I get role. It. I he's get got it a bigger role here you know, straight away. He's though, than what he certainly has at a lot better than Elijah
1: Taylor at nine. There's and no argument. Kilrick and the no middle at this there. point. Um, yeah, I just think, and it was first game, so he's, he's just he's got to make sure he's not the focal point of the attack. I just saw it on the weekend. He took a couple of options, particularly down short sides where he picks the ball up and rolls when the half wants the ball and they've got a four v three. He picks it up and rolls out and just negates that overlap. The Titans, they had the Titans nailed down the Titans left edge, the Tigers right. If you watch the replay, I don't think many people are going to go back and watch a replay. Nope. But- um, four V3s and he rolls out and just negates that overlap and chews that room up so it's just little things for me as a coach watching the game just go, come on man you got to know when to dish your ball and you got to know when to roll yeah. So and that, that again think- is I think and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt this week just on a yeah, getting used to. Playing I think a lot of it though again. was
0: just Nos being at that ground because you got to admit he ben set up a couple up. of line breaks and he played very well. Yeah, no, he, he did.
1: I didn't well. think he played poorly. If, he,
0: if the options led to nothing or something like that, I'd be more angry about it. But a lot of the times he picked the run or picked up a pass or got involved. I thought he was very positive. I just think
1: he's him, got so. to be mindful of the reasons why he got moved on in the first place. Well, I'm
0: sure they'll show him a bit of video this week well, or I hope so. But, but I think the off field stuff was the bigger reason for the move on. But um, <clears> yeah, and by him they both definitely added. But yeah, they couldn't calm down. They had. Chances play one-two, they made a couple of errors and just didn't set themselves down in your half and try to build any pressure or score. They wanted to get it all done in one play, which was crazy. Yeah. The first try they scored though that had Farrah, Reynolds, and buy all that involved with them. That was a cracker. That mm. oh. was an absolute ripper of a try, but full credit to the Titans, good win for them. In the last game of the round, Seous and the Cowboys 21-20. I honestly thought, given the conditions, this was a decent game of football. Yeah, I like this I look, The Cowboys gave one of their best efforts of the season. I thought they were both smart in the way they played. The conditions in particular, the short kicking game, that was a fast track, but it was slippery. So every time JT brought the South line up, he threatened with a nice little kick in behind. And obviously when you're moving forward, it's easy to get to the ball, harder for them to turn around. But uh, I thought he had a better game in that sense. Tamalola was huge. Granville had one of his better games. Coon a lot of the guys that have been disappointed this season, I thought had a good game. And Bolton back in the side had a great game, but... South, I thought, had some moments where they missed. Johnston, in particular, I glared through a few times and looked outstanding but didn't capitalise. Cook was brilliant. He was constantly out of dummy half, picking numbers. The width on a couple of the passes that he threw, particularly the one that set up one of the tries uh, in the first half for Campbell Graham, he, he got a pass outside four blokes off the deck metre out from the line. Yeah, He's not only now a running threat, he's clearly been working on his passing on the vision side of the game. He keeps adding more and more of that with the speed that he's got. He's going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think there's an mm-hmm. argument, again, talking the other week about the Australian side, who the nine's going to be. If Smith's gone, McCulloch, love the bloke, he doesn't have a snowflakes chance in hell of getting that job over Cook. Cook's not only dominated him in sense of the origin series and the way he's played, particularly game one, but in club form and what he can bring. He's your nine. Yeah. He's going from all of us... Call, I've called for it for years when he was at the Dogs and I couldn't believe he was getting more opportunities but the elevation in the last 12 months for someone like Seabold to come in and just say this is your job take it run with it and what he's done in the short space of time it just begs the question of what could have been previously if Hasler or Maguire wouldn't have been so stubborn with the money he spent last year on Fara, just to give him that chance earlier it's yeah,
1: yeah get it.
0: it's too late now but I just I, I shake at the thought of what we could have had two or three years ago yeah. if he would have got his crack earlier but agree yeah, I thought but he.
1: We, we were calling for it.
0: Yeah. So he in particular was great. He was really, really good. But back and forth game, but it ended up the same way it did a couple of weeks back. Where
1: Cowboys just—it's the story of the year. They've been in a lot of close games. Even the last time they played South, it was a close game. They found a way the to lose goal, it.
0: Penalty goal at the end there for offside by Grandpa yeah. Marker, but
1: you know, and the miss from felt on Robert was, Jennings.
0: Can I just bring that up just quietly on the radio? They made it out like it was the greatest sidestep in the world, and I wanted to get home and watch it. And when I saw it, was it pretty handy. Oh, it wasn't that good. Felt come up, sat in the chair, and stuck one hand out. Yeah. He like oh, just. Rob Jennings has improved this year. He's yeah. been outstanding. I, I'm not knocking that, but I looked at it and I was like, Felt made barely an attempt. He's come up, parked himself, got a wide stance, and slapped him.
1: <clears throat> I had him year young. Harold Match, oh. 2010, same team as Matt Lodge, Fugate, Dalen Lesniak, few guys that have gone on to to play first grade, and he was outstanding. The rap on him at Penrith at that stage was that he was going to be better than Michael. He's had a lot of injuries along the way, but this is the year where I look at him and go, "Wow! Like you, you have developed into that legitimate first grader that um, I guess the Panthers thought you were going to be almost ten years ago." So, a couple. Of, well, they're definitely paying unders for whatever they've got him for South on what he's what he's oh, output has be been, on. and that's the key to the cap, and that's the reason why they've been successful this year. And uh, good luck to him. I hope he, he continues only onwards and upwards.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, great result for them. I think. And Error. again,
1: what we said about the Parramatta Dragons game, one team finds a way to lose, yeah. one, one team finds a way to win.
0: One's one eight in a row, and they just continue to find ways regardless of what's thrown at them. And yeah. Sam Burgess was epic again. Cook was great. Reynolds is kicking game. But yeah, he knocks that field goal over. Uh, and they find that try late to drag themselves back in front after it looked like the Cowboys were going to get away with that one. And it just didn't happen. And then obviously Thurston had that crack off the penalty tap restart, and he hit it very, very well. Got plenty of it, but... Wide right and yeah. Your coach continues first and-, first and Not the happiest year for JT in his final season, but uh yeah. Poor cowboys, no dice. Moving on now to fan questions. Brad McMillan, how much influence does a good captain have on a team? Also, do you think Croker is a good captain? I think he's a great player center, maybe not the best choice for captain
1: though. Uh I don't think captain captains are a little bit overrated in the modern day. I think because Now a lot of coaches are going towards leadership groups. Leadership is leadership is a holistic thing. Now it's not. How many slumped on one person or heaped on one person?
0: There's not as many of those personalities anymore. Though, (coughs) like those people that just stand out or have an aura that we talked about last week. We talked about a few younger guys coming through, and you could literally count them on one hand. Who are that genuine, solid one man out leader on voice and action in the field? Now, like you said, it's more a group. People are less vocal. Millennials in particular, the generation, like it's just, it's completely different now.
1: That's a totally different conversation, but yeah. yeah, Jared Croker, yeah,
0: yeah. He's solid, but the fact that he's been mentioned for rep football, the way he defends over his career, I've said it a million times, there's no way he ever plays Origin or Australia for the way he defends. So um, good player, but yeah, good captain that set up. Long-term player, been there forever. He's the right person to do that job. Matty Lewin, should Kebby get Pearson to camp to talk to Queensland through dealing with trolls? No. Nah. Don't read it just don't read it move on get thicker skin three game series Jason Durham if Cleary and Maloney are the Australian halves do you think Meninga will pick Munster at one over Teddy and who would be a captain no Tedesco is your fullback you that I've said it before and I'll say it again with a lot of these players like that Maloney can play for New South Wales that's fine but if we have one test match this year that we do and we are going to pick a team for moving forward Maloney's not in my halves it's Cleary and Munster I don't think there's an argument on that yeah Cook, Cleary, Munster, Tedesco would be my spine without any yeah, argument. It depends
1: whether you're picking it based on form this year, in which case you pick Maloney. If you're picking it for the future, you pick Cleary.
0: Yeah. Mitch, do Origin Shadow players get paid? <clears throat> I don't know. pretty sure you get a portion depending on what you roll. If you go full-blown into warm-up, everything like that, I think you get basically the full freight because you've been there the whole time. If you spend part of the time in camp for three or four days, I think you get all your gear, your suits and the bits and pieces like all the boys do and you get a part payment. So if it's, say, thirty grand and you've spent... Four days in camp and gone through a bit of it all. I think you get, you know, five or ten thousand for your troubles for getting involved in the camp. So you get something for your time. Stoney says Cooper Cronk rumor may bail at the end of the year. Are you guys hearing this as well? Your thoughts? And could it be that he's frustrated and he's not dominating like he did at Melbourne? I think it's the opposite. I think last year was the perfect time to probably sign out. He kept mentioning off the field, his partner, getting married, wanting to start a family. And I thought when I said it, I was happy for him to leave Melbourne. Because his focus is no longer rugby league, and when his focus was on rugby league, he was—I thought he was the best halfback the comp. I think his mind's elsewhere, and part of the move to the Roosters, as we know, was for business and off-field, and that is happening afterwards. But I'll put it to you, Brock. Had a question out of this. On top of it, wouldn't you be filthy if you're the Roosters if he only stays for a year and you've punted Mitchell Pearce and gone all the drama to get him there, and you don't have anyone to replace him with?
1: Surely that's a conversation that would have been had prior to signing him. Look,
0: it's I know it's a two-year deal, and they can get someone possibly next. But if he bails out year one, O'Sullivan's oh, playing well in cup, yes. Lock of Lindsay, yes. But you don't have an This is what the Roosters do. Just yeah. This is
1: this is, this is part of well, for every um, you know action, there's a reaction. Yep. The action to get Kronk, everyone's jumping up and down. Great signing is that you lose Pierce.
0: And again, I, okay.
1: So from there, you know that Cooper Cronk's at the end of his career is considering retiring last year. So you know it's a it's a throw at the stumps to win a comp this year, potentially next year. But I, I, if you don't do that, it's a failure. Simple as that. I, I think they were relying on Pierce staying, <laughs> and he didn't. I don't blame him. No, neither do I. But what I'm saying is, is that they've, they've assumed that he was going to stay. <laughs> And now they don't really have a backup plan. If if Kronk pulls a pin at the end of this year, no doubt they'll find someone, they, no doubt they'll sign someone. They've got someone. good kids, but they're not ready to take over and <clears throat> take him to a
0: premiership right Correct. now. Correct. So sure, it's but.
1: it's difficult. But Cooper Kronk, if he wants to if he wants to bail out, then he's got every right to. Right, him. I said I'd stick by it. Whether it sounds
0: like spider. Hate, I honestly didn't think he was that good last year. And if your motives are heading that way, you're not focused on rugby league. He's been so one track forever. And you've never heard him <laughs> speak and you've never seen him now, he's in the media. All the family stuff, or everything last year, the It'd business. Be still better than a lot of half I get right? that, but I wasn't disappointed that he left for the money that he took up at the Roosters, given the form and the focus.
1: But I, for me, if I'm Trent Robinson, I'll take Kronk, but I want to know that Pearce is going to stay and play with him.
0: Yep. <clears throat> Jason Durham was what Will Smith's last go at hooker last week. No need for that kick. It was third tackle and they're in front five minutes left. No need oh. that, but the forward pass from dummy half in Paris, no try. That's got to be the most unforgivable thing on a footy field. Yeah, the,
1: the pass wasn't good. I thought the kick, the idea on the kick was right. He executed it poorly. He kicked it, shanked it. But yeah, you could see the idea. He, if he plonks that down in the corner and they kick Chase and pin Dragons inside the tent, it's a fantastic kick and we're, we've got a different conversation. So, yeah. agree it hurt the team, but his motives were to put it in the corner. He just executed poorly.
0: Gavin Brock, how do you think Brian McDermott would go
1: coaching in the NRL? I think He'd struggle. He'd struggle. Aren't they um,
0: close to relegation this year? No. I haven't watched no. a lot of it, but I no, thought I saw they're something. they're going okay. They're in they the struggled.
1: Eight. They're in the eight. Um, look, yeah, look, he could. He could because there's some coaches in the NRL who I think are limited but, uh, and are that old style like Brian McDermott. But I, I don't even think Brian McDermott's the best coach in the Super League. No. I, think, um, and I... I think Justin Holbrook at the moment is proving himself a fantastic coach in the way that he's rebuilt. St Helens, from you know a, a, a eight a team in the eight, they've been floating around thereabouts. But this year they've been fantastic, and similar to what Cass did last year, Leeds got hot at the back end of the year and rolled Cast. Cast were by far the better team for the majority of last year. They were the best team in Super League last year. They didn't win the grand final, but St Helens have have taken over that mantra this year. They're the best team in Super League. Does that mean they'll win it? No, it doesn't. But uh, he's really proven himself a very very capable coach. Justin Holbrook. I think he's the best coach over there, and I think he looks the next cab off the rank for someone from the UK to come over and get an well, NRL job.
0: He's done all those assistant gigs, and then you go do that like a Maguire to prove that you're yeah. ready to come back. So I think, I dare say, him and I still stick by Dimitri. I don't care how many times I have to say it, are the two next Would up. Would
1: you like that. to see, I'd like to see Dimitri go across to England and well, do it. he's Brisbane to get whole.
0: Scuttle about things and Kevy, like, I, Demetrio <clears throat> or Kevy, it's not even an argument for me. No, it's not. He's done an apprenticeship, he's actually done something, and they brought him up there and gave him a long term deal, telling him that we don't want you to move around anymore, we want to build you for this role. And then we're hearing Kevy and all these other names. Like, on purely what I've seen on coaching, I don't, I wouldn't even have an argument. I'd happily give that job to Jason Demetrio, yep. but if it's going to take him to go overseas or do something, he may have to. But I just, yeah, and even the Garth Brennan is not a name. I would so. have had Demetrio before Garth Brennan as well. But yep. he didn't get the gig. I don't even know if he applied for it. I don't think he did. And that's a big thing about what we speak about. Sometimes not every job is the best job to take Put if it is your that. first. So I'm pretty sure he looked at that and said, that's not where I want to be going for my first gig. Yeah, And I don't blame him for that. David White. Will Tarek Sims be used like he is at the Dragons and be there to target Cherry Evans? Well, he's not going to be on the field for 80 minutes, so it's hard to pick somebody specifically just to go after a half. But...
1: Oh, they'll be going after I have
0: him. Everyone will be going everyone after will him. Be, yeah. But I have no doubt when he gets on the field, do you think Tarek Sims is going to kick pressure or try and whack a half?
1: Absolutely. He hates anyone wearing
0: Maroon. He's going to do exactly what he does every week in Maroon. He's going to try and kill somebody. Good. That's what he does. HD. am I right in thinking the only reason Darren Nichols hasn't played great before is because he's been stuck by on quality halves? He seems more capable player than Luke Kelly, McCrone, for instance. Well, he was at South when they won the comp. He was at Brisbane when they had Ben Hunt and Milford in their red-hot form. A lot of the times he's been at clubs... Yeah, he's been blocked out by guys that haven't been injured in play and playing a high level of football. So is he better than Josh McCron or Luke Kelly? I definitely think so. Yeah, I
1: think he is. But you know he's he's just been a lot of strong clubs. Josh
0: McCron has played hundred plus games somehow, but Crazy. you know. The fact that Darren Nichols take 20... Him. Oh, good on him. But good the fact him. that some guys you just look at and you don't get it. I don't understand how Darren Nichols has not played great before this. I know he's been at strong clubs. But no one else has thought to pick him up at a weaker club and go, you're definitely in the running to get a half spot. Yeah, I get it. It's just sometimes you look at these guys and you...
1: Newcastle could do with someone like him. He would have played a lot of games at Newcastle.
0: (sighs) Jeff, if Buzz Rothfield accepts the invitation to come on the pod, would it be best to have all three Buzz impersonations and see who's best? Or could he do an impersonation of you guys while you impersonate him and have a chat about the Sharks? Oh, I'd be happy with any of that. I he should to, come
1: on. Why wouldn't he come on?
0: I don't get it. It wasn't personal or anything like that. You were in line chatting a, to him about the five-year plan and he blocked us. He's and unblocked us. He said the other day we are, we did we had blocked him. I unblocked him. Has he unblocked us now? I don't know. If Buzz wants to come on the show, Brock, I'd be happy to have him and we can talk about the five-year plan and all the scuttlebutt that we have. Well, he's
1: got to get over his Russian jet lag first. Oh, well, that's fine. But he's a very busy man now. He's got Controversy Corner, which is now on Sunday night and, and also, also Monday night. He's on 360. He's got and a lot 20. of columns to file, mm, sure a lot of schooners to drink um, and a lot of Chinese to eat. Fair call. What about that bloody tourney? We tried to get a run in there and they were shut when we met Couldn't there on Good Friday. Was a Good Friday? It good yeah, Friday there? The Melbourne played like shit. We went they for my did. birthday. And they were awful. Yeah. One of the worst games I've ever seen. Point uh, next but up. Buzz, if you listen, you know, he does listen. Buzz listens. I don't
0: know if he get doesn't. Or he doesn't there. Come, Come on, on mate. Come on. Do it. You boys caught it a week ago, and this is Point to. by the way, regarding the tension between Gould and Hook. Nicely done. Do you think there's any way the Raiders, Tigers, or Titans can sneak into that? No. Ooh. Don't think any of them can sneak in. And te- we well, said at the start of the year, but it's nothing that most people haven't heard. But it's real. Whether they want to deny it or not, there's some kind of tension there. Is anything going to come out? No.
1: But every coach and GM would have tension at some point, yeah, at some stage over something.
0: It. Chris Hemsworth, if you boys were the coach of the Raiders, what would you do to get them to finish a game? Hashtag fuck my same game multi. Oh They mate. ruined Whoa. Nick Cotric. Fifty dollar I had on that one. Nick Kotrick, try a win. It was a boosted one, like a footy freaks offer from Ladbrokes. I got four fifty. And I was sitting there going, this could turn out very Pardon nice mate. here. This could save my weekend and they lost.
1: Yeah, look, Jeez, I, I, I right. would, um, as a coach, they need a defensive overhaul.
0: I'd be dropping a couple defensive. of players and I going would drop
1: anyone. Now, no. Nah.
0: but I'd do what they did last defensive year. Defensive overhaul. They I'd... need
1: to go right back and have a look at the way they defend and their attitude towards their defense and the systems that they're implementing. Well,
0: how many times have I said it? Yeah. They still fucking slide. You can't yeah, that's slide. A system error. They that's do saying. Saying. They, they do that at the juniors. When we played the juniors, I just don't get it. And when I was there, it was the opposite. When we were there with Hammer, I don't, that, that seems to be there, but we didn't play that way. We didn't play that way. We played up and in. Mm. Up and in and inside shoulders the way to defend. They get burned so often there. And like, I don't know how you could sit down week after week and especially the last couple of years and not do video and just go, oh, it's so bloody obvious. It's not that hard to fix. Yeah, or, It's amazing. The Buckster, are the Knights getting off too easy with the pundits? We've had injuries this season, but there are plenty of games where the attitude just hasn't been there. Sato's capitulation to a reserve grade dog subs, unacceptable. Your thoughts?
1: Oh, I think they've had two stinkers the rest of the year. I think they've applied themselves really well.
0: I still think you probably got a little bit of an expectation being a fan on some of the players that are there. There's some good players there, and they're young, and they're coming through. But at the end of the day... Like, Heinington, Lilliman, these guys are dropping in to help out for you. The Safedis are still young front rowers. They're not good enough to be in the eight. Like,
1: this this last weekend in the Sharks game were two that were...
0: And he's got here poor. again. They seem to get a free pass because they're young and inexperienced, just like I said. But a lot of these guys have played for three years now and haven't shown any improvement, i.e. Barnett, the Safedis, Lamb, Cogger, etc. Or well, any improvement. I think the Safedis and Barnett have been good. Liam had a good run at the back end of last year, not playing. I don't know why he's playing Cogger when he's going to the Bulldogs. I'd just be canning him and giving Liam more time. You need to figure out whether Liam's going to be at your club or not. Yeah, sure. You're not being harsh, but the other thing as well, when you've never had quality players around you like they have this year for the early part, in a Ponga, in a Pierce, they elevate the young players. When you've got a young group of players like this and they're all on that side of things, like we just said with the natural-born leader kind of thing, It's hard for someone to merge or to crawl out of that group. They need those guys there to kind of elevate them and so they can elevate. And they said that in their pre-season, they thought they were training hard until they saw Mitchell Pearce turn up and lead everything yeah. or saw Ponga turn up and do what he did. But in all honesty, you're seeing it right now. They don't have the depth. They don't have the talent to be in the top eight. And losing three your spine players, in particular, like Brock said, the two most important in Pearce and Ponga, um, it, it screws the pooch. I still don't think there's enough there to be a final team just yet. <laughs> Moving on. Michael Barry, why is it the bunker can't rule on a forward pass but can change or make a call on anything else? We went over it. Yeah, we've gone over it oh, no, before. No. It was a rule that was in, wasn't oh, no, it, no, no. and it got changed? They need to rule on forward passes. It's they should. Ridiculous. You should be able to say that. It's pretty obvious. Mark Hindle, I asked you guys earlier in the year about the Raiders and the inability to close out games. At the time, I asked you if it was a culture problem. So, again, you reckon they're cooked in the head. As soon as Brisbane scored in the second half, everyone knew it was on. Well, it said. It's a... It's within the group. No coach, no one else can address that but them. They're the ones out there for that last 10, 15 minutes when they need to hold on. And as soon as they make an error, they can't defend it. There's no back-to-back sets. They just concede straight away. And in particular, that edge and the defensive system, they fold like origami. It's on them to change that. Could they fix the defensive system? Is that on the coaching side of things? Yes. Should have been addressed a long time ago. But their general attitude and the way they defend their line and back-up errors is shit house. And they're that men- comes to the They're mentally weak.
1: Whether they yeah. like it or not,
0: they're mentally weak. They are mentally weak, weak 100%. David Hooper, can the Titans keep their current form going for the rest of the year? Is it a flash in the pan? Have they shown enough to be potential top eight footy side in 2019? Personally, been impressed with the forward pack. James, in particular, has been massive the last month, but consistency an issue. Well, consistency is an issue, and Brock knows better than anyone. To get, like, mashed by the Dragons, and they have a real good result, and then they get belted by somebody else, then they roll the Broncos. When they're on, they're on. And their forward pack, we've said multiple times, is very, very good. Like, you've got... Wallace, James, Proctor, Arrow now mixed in with all that. And you've got Brimson, who I absolutely love, coming into play with Taylor right now. You've got a very solid 6-13. to 13. I think the big issue is edge defense, errors in your back five, and consistency in your edge defense.
1: They've got Brisbane, Roosters, Knights, Warriors in the next four weeks. we are going to have to win three or four of those to be any chance. So let's see
0: it. Outside backs, and I think they need an improvement for what they get off their bench. And next year, I, you know, what's coming in? You've got Boyd, but the, the price tag I don't agree with. No.
1: They're going to win three of the next four.
0: They've got a great side, there's no doubt about it, but not enough depth and poor edge defense. Similar deal again, but I don't know, moving forward. We'll so they, wait, won, so. Well, they
1: won two in a row. Three of the next four would be five of six, and then they're going to have to win probably four or five in the last five rounds to get in. So yep. it's a chance, but... Big ask. Yeah, big ask. I, I, I can't see him making the eight.
0: Steve Dione Cruz, why is it so hard to manufacture a true halfback? It seems like they either are not there or not attempts to create them. As adult players always fail, surely halfbacks once never knew how to play football, so they had to learn somehow. Why can't someone like Milford learn as an adult?
1: At junior levels, they're not coaching them to play football, they're coaching them structure. So they're only used to structure, they're not used to playing. So when they get in the NRL and they're overstructured, and as soon as things fall outside of that and they need to go outside of that, they don't know how to do it because they haven't done it. Growing up,
0: well, in talk to this about Milford being manufactured a halfback, he's not a halfback, he's, he's a vision fullback. player. He's one of these guys that plays that football we're speaking of at fullback or 5-8. As far as halfbacks are concerned, it's what Brock said. They're not, they're overcoached in the juniors to rely on structure, so they don't have vision, they don't play eyes up, they don't play what they see. And that's why rarely you get a kid who comes along, say, like an Ash Taylor, who still has a little bit of that natural football now, and he runs the ball on the weekend or he puts a nice short kick in, but there's definitely not enough natural halves in the competition coming through just because of the way they're being coached in the juniors. So um, it is hard to manufacture one so late when they've been put through a robotic system for, you know, five to 10 years on the way through, depending how long they've been in development. Junior development can start all the way down from 11s or 12s up until 20s and playing reserve grade, which is absolutely crazy. Uh, Matt Garino, what's actually going on at Penriff? Is Hook actually on the out? Well, we addressed that before and said what we said. Uh, every bit of mail we have is no different than anybody else. And if anything's going to come out of it at the end of the year is when you're going to hear about it. Gus Gould and the Panthers will not leak anything. They're too good of a business organization to do so. So you know as much as we do at this point in time, we just touched on a bit of the mail. We probably got earlier than most people in our pre season review. But nothing's going to be broken or set out of Penrith until the season is concluded. And I'm sure Brock agrees with me 100%. Yeah. Uh, Max McLaren do you guys read much into Cronk and Smith barely shaking hands after the game?
1: I do, but I think it's more off field than what it is on field. And so. that's
0: what I was going to say. I read something into it that maybe there is an issue. There's but definitely an issue. There is an issue, but I don't care. I'll care about the football. I care.
1: I care. I I'd like, to, I'd like to know, up, but, but I don't really. I'm watching Melbourne.
0: I'm watching the Roosters. I'm watching Cooper Cronk play football. I'm watching Smith play football. <laughs> I don't give a shit about their personal falling out of their field off the field. I'll care about how they're playing their footy. Uh, and the issue is like, you know, was it this or he missed his wedding? It's because he went to the Roosters, rah, rah, I think the bigger part of it that probably bothered Smith last year, I don't think it's the fact that he left. The comments at the back end of the year about his contract coming up and he said, I'm not going to make it out of me. I think his big issue is Melbourne's basically been about Melbourne the whole time. Cooper Cronk dragged it out for a whole year last year and it was where am I going? Am I staying? Am I not? right rah, rah. And I think it took away from... Melbourne and the team and all that. And I don't think he was a fan of it. So, does he's a more does he's a me? I I don't know, but I kind of agree somewhat with that perspective. Last year, that he made it the Cooper Cronk and we went on and won the competition. But he never answered the question, which gave me the shits. Mm. Um, if that's enough of a reason, no, I think it's a little bit petty on Cameron Smith's side. I think so. I'm not going to defend there's him. A but little bit.
1: There's a little bit more. End the of the day, I mean, off the field, whatever there is to it, they're the ones who have to resolve. it. I've heard a few rumors, none that I'll repeat here, but there's a lot of shit that's gone down between those two and all the reason for them to not like each other at the moment.
0: Well, fair enough. But all I want to talk about is football. <coughs> That's right. I'm John Renahan, sick of time wasting games like kicks at goal, line dropouts, injury stoppages, etc. We are reducing 85 down to 65 or so. Mate, plenty of things have been 85. mentioned before. 65, down from 80. He's saying about ball in play, yeah, right. time wasted. Well, we have these shot clocks. They don't seem to help either. Shot so clocks just gives
1: them an amount of time they
0: can They waste. know they can waste, yeah. Wayne Walters, number one, use the bunker to rule on obvious forward passes. Two, go back to one ref only. Two has never worked. Only thing it does is confuse people. Three, get rid of the seven-tackle set for everything but a kick from outside the 20-meter line. And four... Just
1: get rid of the seven-tackle set full stop. Yeah, shouldn't be there. It should never have ever, ever been there. Yeah. If, if you think someone's kicked the ball dead, penalize them.
0: Yep. No problem with that. <clears throat> Bunker should be ruled on forward passes. Agree with yeah, like
1: that. Agree. No, the howlers. Not all forward passes, because and then you're just yeah, going to ho- not all take. forward passes. We just had we post. a post
0: scoring decision.
1: Well, no, no. If it's a howler, if it's if it's clearly the wrong call of howling forward pass, then pull it up. Other than that, we're just going to. You want well, less time wasting, so we're going to look
0: at more things on the bunker. They're too slow at the moment to bloody call it live, let alone pull it out. Howler. If like
1: it's that, a but. yeah, no. The, on the weekend, it was a clear howler.
0: Yeah, but it was a replay for tries. I'm saying, so I have no problem with them. Yeah, that's right. There. You, can't, Every just pull, single you can't just pull time. No, the you game. can't. No, no way. Not a too many rut. stoppages. No. Uh, four, present the Origin Trophy on the night of the second game. Yes. Well, we've said that a million yes. times. How do, how do you go up there now if you're New South Wales, and we've seen it before, if you lose, they're already booing you and they hate you yeah. no one hangs around you and you get the shield. It's a bit of a hollow feeling. Yeah. There was a nutbag crowd there the other night that's been baying for a decent team and the right team to be selected. We win the series and we can't even get the shield at home. Well, and
1: the, right. the announcer at ANZ Stadium said, we want to see the Blues rewarded with the trophy at the end of this game. So I think that's part of the reason why everyone hung around. Yeah. They and it may have. may have just been a slip of the tongue, but I thought, okay, they have changed the rules.
0: And I think they've, they have left earlier and there wasn't that much as excitement, I guess, on the field because that whole presentation and the I'll whole. I'll tell you what, if I knew there. the
1: trophy wasn't going to be presented, I would have been out of yeah, there. It
0: would have been gone as well. Zach Rivera two charge downs on Cooper Cronk. Storm must have the fastest team in the comp because surely they would blow offside. Well, the second one that was probably blokes offside. First yeah, one from Hoffman, I don't know how that's offside. From the
1: dropout, Slater was a mile offside. No,
0: I'm not disagreeing with uh,
1: From the field
0: goal. But for both of them, I disagree. But
1: Slater didn't. But I also thought on that play, um, a Roosters player took Slater out. So I thought two wrongs don't make a right. They let both of them go. So play on. I, I don't know. Yeah. The not- Roosters have plenty of chances to win that game. I just think what frustrates me is when the referees just don't make a call. They see it, and I, everyone sees it, and they don't make a call on it. That frustrates me.
0: Justin Sellers, thoughts on the Broncos. Can be brilliant at times. Poor others. Not sure what to make of them this year.
1: Oh, they're eighth. They're in the eighth. Simple.
0: Tough. Individual brilliance. Great young forward pack. Don't have a halfback, which L- is why Lux I don't think with the comp. Yeah. So put a seven in there for a lot of... Like that first put half, put Ben
1: Hunt in there; they're a top four side. The first half
0: in the weekend, this third and fourth tackle kicks from Nicker. He's not a halfback; he's a nine or a six. Like he's a Nicker, he's a Milford type player. He shouldn't have the responsibility of trying to run that team, and Milford shouldn't have it either. You said it before. If Hunt was there right now, they're in the top four. And that's my opinion. I really do think that. I just said that. Yeah. So yeah. Daniel Bennett. End of set kicking and putting shift plays or set pieces are made 10 times more effective when the ruck before has been won by the attacking team. Sending a player to lay a line over that advantage line, dig in between players, find their fronts, and get a quick play of the ball. Who does it the best?
1: I think most teams do it fairly well. I mean, yeah. Who does it the best? South at the
0: moment. South of the team with the best play the ball split in the competition. and <coughs> It's not even so much uh, laying that line. They're doing it from the middle of the field and all points of the field, whether it be on edges, hitting a tram with the back row, or through the Burgess brothers to the middle of the field. Well, it's just dominant forwards. And they're doing it particularly better than anyone in the middle of the field, which is why they're getting to their edges, because one of the Burgess in particular gets on the back of the other. They get two or three in the ruck. There's a dead Marine or a bloke retreating. Defences get nervous, they slide in, and you find a number all the time. And they can pick off that shift play in particular, whether Johnston's going to run, Walker's going to run, they're going to hit the back man, or they're going to shift around you, depending on the way you defend. So they do such a good job with the quick play the balls to be able to dismantle. So they're the team that's doing it better than anyone. Brad Tasker. If you get on a bender with three past players or present, who would it be? Freddie, Joey. I was going to say, Freddie, Joey, bang, bang, straight off the rank. Um a third player. Uh,
1: Tommy Radonikus.
0: Top. Oh. Tommy, that'd be a rough night of the drink. <coughs> I think Fletch would be a good time. I've heard he's a bit of a maniac. Yeah. Finchy, oh, I can. i don't go. say Finchy M- from MG's
1: M- G- a bit of a maniac. MG, Fletch, Finchy. I think, think
0: they're six. Forget the three, though. Joey's <coughs> the kingpin. Everyone would love to have a session with Joey. I'd love to have a session with Freddie. Joey would be just. Oh, I don't know if I'd last. I think I might end up in a morgue. No. Good times. Ben Fisher, as a fan, which NRL player are you most likely to throw a chair at and which team official is most likely to throw haymakers? So, obviously bringing up the Philippines-Australian issue in the basketball yesterday.
1: Ricky Stewart would throw a chair. He'd, oh, he'd go...
0: He'd go, he's actually, he'd kick and kicking left, right, centre. If you want to talk about an official or something like that. As but a I don't fan, think you'd ever do it. Which player would you <coughs> like to throw a chair at?
1: Ah, oh, jeez. Someone who frustrates you. Darius Boyd. Why Darius Boyd? <coughs> I don't like him. He's a Brisbane player. He's a Brisbane he's player.
0: That's not really much. He's a He's cleaned himself up big time. He's it's bloody Wayne Bennett's little baby. Him.
1: That's what he is.
0: I'd like to throw a chair at Wayne Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, hate Wayne. Wayne. Uh, classic.
1: Dago Montoya, thoughts on Brody Croft? Aaron not... Woods. i like to throw a chair at Aaron Woods. Classic. Love it. But I think I think Aaron Woods is a good guy. Everyone um, says he's a good guy. Yeah. He doesn't prob- mean he can play He football, probably though. is a
0: good guy. Dago Montoya, thoughts on Brody Croft not sending a game time with Hughes named in the house in Melbourne yet again. Surely they fit Hughes at fullback and Croft at seven with Young. Having one foot out the door anyway next year. Well Croft Had his chance at the start of the year yeah. He didn't show a lot of maturity He didn't hold on to the football It wasn't the same play We saw last year In those few glimpses And mm-hmm. clearly they feel They're more stable with Hughes at And moment. Jackson, in the team And I don't know about you Or most people out there But I think Hughes is a quality footballer Yeah I do Whether he's I playing in 7 or not back, but, I think um, he's a 6 or a 1 I don't think he's a 7 Brody,
1: but... Brody Croft's had a long stand
0: in sick bay, So I think he'll be Well clearly he's not playing well enough in cup then Yeah And I don't get to see but cup on TV He's but...
1: going de- to develop Brodie Coffey. He's only 20. He'll be all right. Yeah. So
0: everyone needs to calm down a little bit. Marcus Reid. Do you think Tom Wright for Manley should be in first grade? He seems pretty good, but they keep persisting with other options. I'm afraid we'll lose him if Barrett doesn't give him a go. I'd put him in there. The reason you're not saying him, and I think the other week, despite the brilliant run he made, and he is slight of frame, he missed seven tackles in that game against the Dragons. He so for the try he gave, I think defensively he's got to get better. That's I think what he, you're
1: going to get out of a
0: kid. I don't think he's a frontline Maloney's player. Maloney's
1: missing five or six a game. He missed
0: nine on the weekend. Well, there you go. But. I do like him, uh, but they brought Hodkinson over They're persisting without. Please, like, Walker.
1: that's never... Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Dylan Walker at six. Like, well done, Trent Barrett. Did you not learn anything out of the Dylan Walker experiment in your first year at the club? He's injured now, so Wright either gets a crack or
0: <laughs> Hodkinson goes back in well, when Wright doing? gets that develop, bench roll. Just so. give
1: Wright every game until the end of the year. No,
0: well, You'd not be losing any. You need to figure out whether he's a first grader or not. So best well, way to do the
1: it. The only way to be a first grader is to develop a first grade.
0: Give him some time. Zach Maitland, how many coaching staff would an average NRL team have and do they really need that many? We always did okay with just the one coach and a water boy. Oh, they'd need 10. Well, park football is very different to a full-time organisation where you've got 30-plus players plus second-tier guys and 20s kids pushing up your squad. You need rehab staff. You need extra trainers for that reason to be more attentive in you know top level of the game because blokes getting injured left, right, and centre.
1: I would think the least would be 15, the most. The Roosters, I think, have got 30 on.
0: Yeah, well, they've got a bigger budget the most, obviously, so physios and extras. But on a standard game day, it's standard procedure. You have to have an orange, a blue, and a yellow. Yeah. That's a non-negotiable. Two
1: assistant coaches.
0: There's two assistants, usually Manager, attack and D. A
1: physio, a doctor, um, usually someone warming up players on the sideline.
0: Yeah, but there's a lot more official things going on and a lot more complications to an NRL game than a park football game needing a coach and a water boy which is the reason why you see so many staff. It's yeah. obviously you know, a full-time job, a full-time business.
1: It's not so. even a comparison. No,
0: there's a lot more layers to it. It's hard to compare park football. Uh, Matthew Martin. How to stop the Warriors getting robbed? Well, nothing you can do about the weekend now. That game's gone. Well,
1: to be fair, Cronulla cop one a few weeks ago yeah. at the Darius Boyd for trial. No, they're not the, the only pass. team that's been
0: robbed. <clears throat> Tom Noyce. Is the Ponga injury bad player management or just bad luck? Bad luck. Bad luck. You can't put that down to player management. You see the step... You, Puts a huge impact through his legs like <laughs> anyone does in a physical game and obviously having to play their way through. And he's only a kid and you see his hamstring buckles. So it's just bad luck. Matt Tomlinson, who would most likely be Maloney's successor at Origin? Hashtag bring on buzz. Hashtag butt Kenty Butt Maloney's successor at Origin at this point in time, I'd say it's Luke Keary. They brought him into camp. That's obviously the way Freddie's thinking. He was there for a reason.
1: I don't know. Mitchell Pearce, I'd like to see back.
0: <clears throat> help. On, on best form. With Freddie. We'll, we'll see if that's reality next year on best form, won't we? Mm. But right now, I think it's been made pretty obvious that Luke is the man he's looking at. He's a big fan. He talks about him a lot. So, uh,
1: like For me, I, it'd be Blake Green or something like that, but Blake Green's now 30-plus. So. Yeah,
0: Maloney's in the same boat. <coughs> I still think off earlier form in the year, and people may think I'm crazy, that Luke Brooks was playing really good football and with the right coaching. He can develop into a rep Now, there's a handful
1: but, there. I think, yeah, obvious, the obvious one at the moment is Keery. He was brought into the squad last week. Yep. Well, the week before, sorry, before game two. So, yeah, to be curious.
0: Yeah. Jay Graham, are Souths the real deal? How does the Australian <coughs> side shape in your mind? And Perth, thoughts? Uh,
1: Perth, love it. Australian side, not even near that. Nope. Wait until post-origin. Injuries,
0: finals. And Souths are definitely the real deal. 100%. If you don't think <coughs> they're the real deal by now, you're crazy. Cam Finlayson, will the Warriors make the top four? Uh, they'll go close. I have to see the draw to make a decision right now. I couldn't tell you. They're not it. getting
1: that big advantage out of Origin, which they used to get, but... A so. Fowler
0: and Harris are big losses. They are big losses. Mm. Harris in particular, but anyone that hasn't watched Bunty a Fowler this year, he's been their best bench Gun forward. to my head now, I'd say no. I'd say no with those two missing for six weeks. That's massive.
1: I'd say no, just knowing what the Warriors are a like.
0: lot. Josh Deans. Dallin has been killing it at fullback. Can Penrith now afford to keep both Edwards and Dallin, as I'm sure his value would have risen considerably? Yeah,
1: I thought he had a poor game on the weekend, but... Agree, he's been very, very he's good in the games prior to that. That's played his, well in the test as well. That's his, uh, been his position coming through. They it? well, they can afford to keep both of them if they stay at their current contract. I don't think any of either of them would have triggered an upgrade.
0: Well, I dare say, and I know previously that he <coughs> shopped around and looked because he wants to play fullback. That his age at some point, if he's not playing fullback, he will leave the club. He wants to play fullback. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Mm. And playing on the wing's not going to cut it for his whole career. He's only 22 now. He's been around for almost four or five years, but mm. he's a baby. Uh, I have no doubt in my mind that if Edwards comes back and he's probably on a bigger contract at the moment, being a fullback and just re him for that shoulder, that Dallin no, would, would be think, someone that would be on Dallin, the market Dallin looking Dallin would to play be on, fullback.
1: Dallin would be on more than Dylan Edwards. Well, I
0: think <coughs> he'd be definitely looking to move and play fullback. That's my opinion. Uh, Brennan Savage, have you ever seen you and Aiken pass the ball? I have, not very well, and that's the big reason I think he missed out in origin. Yeah, He's good defensively. He's outstanding in yardage, but his catch pass for a center, and it's your bread and butter to get the ball to your wing. I'm pretty sure he has zero try assist this year. Yeah. So if you've got zero try assist, it's not saying that he has to pass it because he scored a few, that's for sure, uh, but his catch pass is definitely not the strong point in his game, that's for sure. Yeah. But there you go. That wraps up uh, the fan question, so a big thank you to everybody out there for your questions as always. Now we move on to the last part of the show, Boxhead. We've got our tips for the shortened round and Mr. Gossip and everything he's got in his mailbag there. And this is all brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate and the boys. Uh, Not a bad weekend. Things pretty steady again, but the big thing and the main bets, as we say, as always, and the ones you want to be winning are the line bets. And they went four from four on their main line bets, which is outstanding. They had Manly with the 10 start. Obviously, that one got up. They had Canterbury with a five and a half start. That got up. Gold Coast, six and a half start. They got the job done, and they're better the round. If you were to send the affiliate links there for the sign-up for Ladbrokes, their best bet of the round was North Queensland with nine and a half start, which they covered. So Outstanding there by the boys, Will and Matt at the Pro Sports Syndicate. Look at that package. Half price still, like we said, for your first month, $99. If the tips don't turn you a profit, you get the second month free. No locking contracts. Cancel any single time. Affiliate links, I know a lot of people like us have multiple accounts, so Ladbrokes, William Hill, I think most people, Brock, you would agree, probably have already signed up to that previous to these offers. Yeah. There was a lot of clicks from the boys, uh, they said, but no sign-ups. We had a lot of people, obviously, in boxes, but I think Palmer Bet and maybe a few of the other ones that we've had might be the go, because I didn't even hear of Palmer Bet prior to the other week, so I'll talk (laughs) to the boys here and see if we can get a few different bookies on board, but... Four from four with the main line bets and with their best bet, Brock. Good result.
1: Yeah, it was a good result.
0: uh, Charity bet. We got burned. You went four in a row, but five went down when Latrell Mitchell missed that kick and Smith hammered that 40-meter field goal. Yeah. So you've been on fire. Good work by you. Good job by you, Billy. Mm. Saving things there, but yeah. Pro Sports Syndicate, thank you for being on board again. Thanks a lot, Latrell. Mr. Gossip. Where's his mailbag out here? He sent some stuff through for us here, and I think there's a fair bit this year. He said this a bit earlier and I know this has been announced now or you said this has been announced but the first bit he's got here is the Blake Ferguson deal. He's off three years at Parramatta. They're talking $500,000 a season. Good signing. He's, uh, it
1: replaces, he's been playing really well for the Roosters and it replaces hopefully the output Rad that Rara. Sammy Radrara gave him.
0: Well, set starts have been a massive issue for them this year and Rad Rara obviously did a very good job of that. And Blake Ferguson's been absolutely human kemikaze. Some of the carriages he took again on the weekend. He's not just taking scoots or dicking around and trying to find holes. He's getting wide, Starting outside the B man and just taking like a, just a dirty carry straight into the line. He's been outstanding. Uh, number two he's got here, Mr. Gossip is Oh, Bob. Mentioned this four weeks ago that when the Warriors said they didn't have much room left for Isaac Luke that the Tigers should inquire. Well, Mr. Gossip's just sent through here. They are keen. They are very keen here, the Tigers to talk to Isaac Luke in the coming weeks and get him on board at the Tigers next year. I think yeah, that'd yeah. be a great signing. So said that the other week. Two pieces <coughs> seem to fit together. I think he'd suit the style. He doesn't really get out and play as much with the ball, like you're saying, as a Robbie Farah does. He runs when there's rolling rucks. He likes to jump out and probe, and I think Luke Brooks would play well off the back of him, as would Moses Embiid. But uh, watch this space for the coming weeks. Kronk, you mentioned before, Mr. Gossett, Kronk under on playing, still under contract for another season. It was a two-year deal worth $2 million. But I guess the bigger thing, like we said, where do you go from here? Um, obviously, if he moved on at season's end. It'd be a pretty short space of time and hard to find a half. Would they have to push into next season with a hope that they could put in Lamb or somebody to develop? Could you push Radley into six and have Kiri play seven and just kind of ride well, off for a year? Put it and this way. They'd, be patching,
1: up. <clears throat> they'd be patching up.
0: It'd be very hard to find a Premiership level half or someone to blend in with Kiri, uh on short notice if Cooper Cronk retires at season end. But yeah. uh, again, we'll have to watch this space to see what happens. Uate, we confirmed the other week that he'd be off to Huddersfield. It's now set in stone. According to Mr. Gossip, he's off to Huddersfield. And he says Hayne mm. is likely to stay at Para for another season. Mm. The only thing I've got to say about that is if he's staying after all the injuries and the few games he's played, it's got to be cheap price. It can't be for the reported half a million he came back for after coming back from you guys on a million. What would you offer Jared Hayne right now Just play next year? I think I said it last week.
1: 200, 250
0: I'd be right there with you given injury <clears throat> uh the poor preseason and the way he trained etc and not playing much this year and think he turns 30 I don't trust his body and I don't trust his attitude I'd be about the same two, yeah. 250 max 300 would be pushing it and that'd be only if we failed on getting some guys on the open market and I had a bit extra space but yeah there you go <coughs> there is the gossip from Mr gossip Brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate. Get your eyes on that half-price package Up, we said $99 a month. We move on to our tips now. Thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate last week. Not a great week for any of us. We got three apiece. There was obviously a couple of games there that were bad beats. The Roosters, the one point there. Latrell misses that kick. The Raiders blowing their result. Uh, those two in particular probably stand out. I think the Warriors, Mr. Gossip tipped. He obviously got burned there. We both had the Sharkies. And I guess it was it's a tough not, week. Not a forward pass. We don't get that one either, but... Origin-affected round. This one's hard to tip in particular. The first game, but the Storm versus the Dragons. And Melbourne, they have missing. Billy Slater, Will Chambers, Munster, Felice Kifusi, Glasby and Addo Carr. They've got six away on origin duty. The Dragons aren't done much more of a favor. Ben Hunt, Frizzell, DeBellen, Vaughan, Sims, they're missing five. So basically what you're looking at here to me is the battle of who can win the middle and who has the player who can control things. For the Melbourne side of things, it's going to come down to their middles and Cameron Smith. For the Dragons, it's going to come down to their middles doing a job and I guess <sighs> McInnes having one of the games that he had earlier in the year and Gareth would up steering the ship. Yeah. So I'm looking at it here. James Graham, Lee Army on this front row. Host, Laylor in the back row with Blake Laurie. And then I'm looking at Melbourne's pack. you got Welch, Asafa Solomon, Osofa, Stimson, Hoffman, Kenny Bromwich. I'd probably be leaning towards the Storm pack. Yeah. But when I look at the back five, I see Tonema Vunivalu, Vunavalu, Blair, Scott, and Olam coming up against Dufty, McDonald, Aitken, Lafay, and Mann, which is a very good back line. So it's kind of hard. But the tipping point for me, I'm going to tip the Storm because they're at home and Cameron Smith is there. But the benches: Lattimore, Nightingale, who I don't know why you bother carrying a winger on the bench. He's no. either in or you drop him. Harme Salé and Reese Robson, who's another nine. He's not going to come on and take McInnes' role, so I don't know why you're carrying another nine either. Melbourne, though, Brandon Smith, he comes on rip tears, busts. Patrick Cafusi. Tui Mika was really good in his last 15, 20 minutes, and he's a huge body last week. And Croft's there. Veta is in the 20, though. We got him last week. I wouldn't be surprised if Croft dropped out for Veta. Yeah. Rolling the dice, but...
1: I'll, yeah, I'll pick Melbourne. At it's home. It's Melbourne as well. I'll be going the And store. the Dragons looked tired last week. So,
0: big ass there, but... I think the bigger part is the middles, and then the control of those key players. So it's down to Smith and Widdup to try and get the jobs done here for their two teams. Misty Gossip, he's going to tip the Storm with the Pro Sports Syndicate. They are the favourites. one52 dollar fifty two, two fifty five for the Dragons. Minus five and a half is the line. Uh, one to twelve Storm, two ninety three seventy five for the Dragons. Thirteen plus Storm, three dollars six fifty for the Dragons. I think this is a one to twelve game written all over it. I think it'll be ugly, um, and if it's wet down there like it usually is at night time at Amy Park, low scoring game. But we'll have to wait and see. Panthers-Warriors here Friday night looking to be a cracker game and I still like the Penrith lineup even without the Origin players. I honestly do. So Lesniak, Wonga Blake returning here, (laughs) Faray, uh, he's there and you've got May coming back in finally this year with Draymond Lewis. So a young pair of halves, like we said, great depth there for them as always. Uh, The forward pack, Kikau's name despite that knee injury. Isaiah Yo is the captain this week with the Origin players missing from the side. Uh, But yeah, obviously they're missing their halves. Uh, to the origin campaign and
1: return to the, the scene top. of the crime. This is where the Warriors oh. led by twenty four or something last well, year last Was that year that game. Uh I'm gonna tip the Warriors.
0: I'm going the Warriors and the big thing is on the spine. Tua Shack, Green, Johnson, and Isaac Lute there, they should be able to control despite missing a few forwards. And the other thing is Fussitua Marmolo both back. So their set starts should be much better. Those two blokes along with Roger Tua Sheck, there's not many better set starters in the comp. And they're gonna be needed because missing Missing Harris. It's a bigger ask in the older legs of Simon Manoring, Adam Blair coming back, and some of the younger (laughs) blokes on the bench. Sal, Tavita Sate, Tavanga. They're not generally guys uh, that are playing big minutes for them coming off the bench. So uh, it's going to come down to that spine. But I'm with you. I'm going to go the Warriors and Mr. Gossip. His tips or what he's got for us here. He's on the Warriors as well. So we're a Queen sweep. All around for the Warriors, and I'm pretty sure that they were the favorites given the Origin players missing with the Pro Sports Syndicate. And that is the case, $1.60 for the Warriors, two thirty six dollars for the Panthers, minus four is the line, 1-12 to 12 Panthers, 3 dollars Warriors, 13-plus Panthers is $6.325 for the Warriors. Raiders dogs at Belmore after a great win last week. And uh, for them, the only one change they have there is for Lalo starts at prop with Clement out of the side and Priest joins the bench. The Canberra side of things, Blake Austin has been dropped to the bench. Sam Williams gets called back up from Cup, he's in at 5 8. Sleever Harvey starts at lock for Josh Papali. Um, <coughs> Raiders 13 plus. I'll be on the Raiders as well, uh, at Belmore there. But I think the dogs would give a good account of themselves. But pretty big to be missing Clemmer the way he played last week, he was quite outstanding. But uh, there's no more excuses for the Raiders, it's just simply win. Yeah. And when they must, so
1: they're going to bounce back real hard this week.
0: Dollar forty-five favorites with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Two eighty there for the Dogs. Minus six and a half for the line there. One to twelve Raiders. Three dollars, four dollars for the Dogs. Thirteen plus two sixty-five for the Raiders. Seven dollars for the Dogs. And the last game of the round, I think this is a real hard one to tip. Titans versus the Broncos. James is still in camp to cover for Boyd Corner, and I don't know how long he will stay in camp for and how long they're going to take to clear him. Obviously, if it gets to the weekend, you'd think they'd let James go back to play, wouldn't you?
1: Mm, it's Sunday game. Difficult.
0: So, it's an awkward situation. I, they have to have a deadline on Corden, surely. Yeah, I, think, if I not, think Friday is the deadline. If not, you'd have to bring Pryor back in, because his team's had the buy and play him. If Pryor James would played be,
1: Pryor's coming in today, I think. Or tomorrow. Well, that's the situation. They, they let him have a couple of days off, and then he's coming in. That
0: would have to be the situation if you no, that's didn't happening. Have a, no, no. Yeah, but if you didn't have happening. a decision, James is your actual 18th man. Yeah. If you didn't have a call, they didn't want to make it to the yeah. last minute yeah. and give him all the time. He might well, go James back. James could go back. Yeah. So that may be the case. But yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm no gonna Wallace. The, I'm going to
1: tip the Titans.
0: I am as well, and the reason for it, obviously, no Wallace and no Arrow, but
1: Brisbane have got bigger outs. I think. Yeah, I think losing McCullough, Corey hit Oates has been. Almost their best player this year, I reckon.
0: Outstanding. The big one again. McGuire. They haven't played through this period without their nine, but Jake Turpin, I know he used to be in the Melbourne system, played some 20s. I haven't seen much of him in Cup, but to throw a debutant in to play nine and try and pick up the slate there, they're going to have guys patching up during the game because Alex Glenn, who would generally play a utility role, he's in the starting side, and then looking on the bench, Sam Scarlett is in the 21 in the reserves. He'd have to come into contention to be there to play some nine time unless he puts Sam Thight out there, which is a bad idea. Uh, and then on the bench, Mago, Tavita Pangai, Corbin Sims, Katoni Staggs. Stags has shown he's got good utility value, but I don't see him playing dummy half for a long period of time. So that side of things, you guys having Pete's uh, reign in that situation, James possibly back, Kevin Proctor, Gordon, Ash Taylor there. Brimson was named for the Queensland 20s, but he's also been named for your side. So if you're a club, would you let him play or would you be more worried about winning your game? Winning your game. So there you go. I don't know what's happened there, but they're <coughs> saying that he could play in that game also three days later. So see what happens there. But I'm with you. I'm gonna hop on the Titans, given those outs being bigger for Brisbane, I think, and Mr. Gossip. He's on board as well. So it's a clean sweep on all the tips. We've gone nothing different from one another. And the odds two twenty five for the Titans with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Outsiders, dollar sixty six for the Broncos, minus three and a half is the line there. One to twelve for the Titans, three fifty, three dollars for the Broncos. Thirteen plus five fifty for the Titans, three forty for the Broncos. But one thing we can say multiple times again nothing would surprise me with the Broncos it really wouldn't mm. Azarka there Milford still there Nicorama Lodge Glenn Sewer, off in Gary there's enough in the pack in Tavita Pengai to come up with some moments but I guess the big thing like you said Oates for their set starts not having a nine who's there Maguire gets through so much dirty work for him. Um, it is a big ask it really is a big ask but yeah, if the <coughs> Titans have got any aspirations as we said before and at home gotta win. they got to win this game as well so clean sweep all around on that Big thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. What do you reckon about charity about Boxhead?
1: Uh, I dunno. Titans maybe? Uh, or I like Canberra thirteen plus.
0: Well, what's the star on Canberra? <clears throat> six and a half. I was gonna say.
1: What a Canberra thirteen plus? Canberra
0: thirteen plus, two
1: sixty five. Go cam you could go Canberra minus six and a half into Gold Coast plus. What are Gold Coast getting?
0: Gold Coast, you're getting
1: three and a half. Yeah, I take that. I'd so... take the plus on Gold Coast and I'd take the minus on Canberra in a Moldy. There you go. Who knows? But
0: Big thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate for doing the charity bet again, as we've said. another affiliate links. Keep your eyes open. They're their best bets. They're four from six on the season, so pretty good value there for the boys. Red, hot. And on the weekend, four from four with their line bets. There's obviously some prop bets and other bits in there they didn't have as much luck with, but the main ones, as you said, if you're a punter out there and you're looking to have a serious bet, usually on the lines and bits and pieces, four from four, the boys, they're doing very, very good. $99, sign up for your first month. You get that half price. If you don't get a win, uh, in a profit from that month, you get your second month free. No locking contracts. Cancel anytime. Thank you, Pro Sports Syndicate. Thank you, Penrith Solar Center, Poker Deluxe, and Depean Boltmaster. And to finish up, Full Spectrum Service is one of our charity sponsors for the Great Walk Foundation. They are Western Sydney's leader in pest control, pool fence certification, and commercial cleaning. Their service is diverse, but core values rock solid. Amazing people, fantastic service, and brilliant outcomes. Contact Markham, the team today, 0430220263 220 263 and their Facebook and web site, fullspectrumservices.com.au. And Insignia Hair in Days Bar, 47223503 is the contact there. They're located York Road, Penrith, a unit 14 of 69. Award-winning hairdressers, day Bar, beauty salon, massage, and nail parlour. What more could you want to spoil yourself? Look no further. Insignia has all bases covered for men and for women. Treat yourself or your partner to the works and be spoiled by the team at Insignia. They have every aspect of beauty and relaxation covered to a T. Massive thanks to everybody out there for supporting the show and tuning in as always. And everything is sorted now. You've got our tips. You've got Mr. Gossip's gossip. Our bets and thoughts of the week. Set of six. Fan questions. Power rankings. Game reviews. Huge show again. Short round coming up. Heading into game three up there at Queensland. Hopefully, a couple of teams can find a way this weekend, the Titans and the Raiders, to have their slim hopes alive. Let's hope the Warriors and Panthers 4v5, every with some players missing, is a cracker of a game in the storm Dragons game. Huge implications for the top four there if Melbourne can get a win. Keeps Dragons sitting there on 12 and really gives Melbourne a chance of pulling themselves up into the top four or the Dragons a chance to really lock in that top four spot and send the storm back into a bit of a tailspin. How do we know it's going to happen? There's only one way. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league.
1: Bring it on. Give us more. Give us
0: more. Where are you going? What's going on here? Is that it?
1: Is that it?